You're a burping gutter slut. You guys, <laughs> I'm gonna come down on all of you. Ow! Ruthless aggression. With my life, my time, my rights, my rhymes, my crime, my struggle, hustle, sweat, and my blood too. A red smell sphere, I smell a lot. My competitors flex here. They smoked, I was hot, I want it all. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 60 of the RA Era podcast, the only place where we decipher and dictate the era that rose out of the ashes of attitude and delivered us the holy white wedding of Kane and Leah, as it is time to unicycle towards our next pay-per-view, Unforgiven 2004. As always, I am Dave, and joining me for this unicycle. Are you, can you actually unicycle? It's big, sexy Michael Rag, because I can't. I really can't. I, can I think I always remember. Bike. It's been that long. I'm alright on a bike, but um, yeah, unicycle. I always remember years ago, years and years back. Um, it was like at this youth club or whatever I used to go to when I was a kid. Um, they had like these jugglers or whatever come down and I'm sure there was a couple of unicycles and I jumped on and yeah, I, I don't have that sort of balance. But I remember at school there was a guy who teaches the unicycle. Oh, it's a skill. I think it's, it's a skill. very, because it, there's various things that are going off on your body when you're trying to unicycle. But anyway, SummerSlam, we're on the back of SummerSlam, which was... The Summer Games. The Summer Games, which was a massive pay-per-view, highly enjoyable pay-per-view as well. It was. Um, I think both Raw and SmackDown, they've got various things that they can kind of come out of SummerSlam going forward and keep the momentum going. Other stuff, it's going to be interesting, like John Cena and Booker T with the best of five. It's, are we going to see a big chunk of that in the next four weeks? And I like that it's four weeks. Mm. So it's a nice, solid four. Don't get me wrong, I enjoyed the week between pay-per-views <laughs> but it's a nice solid four weeks between pay-per-views which is enough time for both rosters to build up well obviously raw because they're building up towards unforgiven but smackdown it's time to get some new storylines possibly going forward and progress towards their next pay-per-view which is no mercy uh, so as always michael what you look forward to what you're trying to hoping sorry to get out of the uh, the upcoming four weeks well i'm really looking forward to hearing on raw what our brand new world heavyweight champion has got to say about his historic victory for the people. Historic, the youngest ever world heavyweight champion. Well, saying that, let's get right into it. It is WWE Monday Night Raw, August the 16th, 2004. Lillian Garcia, she brings out the new world champion, Randy Orton, with his beautiful pyro waterfall. Um, we get balloons and confetti that fall into the arena. Talk about the golden shower. <laughs> that was my exact thought. Um, even though the balloons, they kind of only hit half of the arena and they stop and like, fans kind of have to keep the balloons going to make it look like they're falling. But the confetti, on the other hand, that Continues. sticks around for the entire evening. And Everyone gets covered. Everyone, the first no, no staffers at all. Everybody gets covered in Randy Orton's confetti as the night go on. Uh, we got very mixed reaction from the crowd. Um, I think the handshake last night at SummerSlam with Benoit helped um, yep. because we, you're now getting maybe 20% of the crowd are actually now behind Randy Orton. And when he's proper giving it the big and he's, he's giving it, I'm the new champ, baby. There is a lot of the crowd that's cheering it and going, yeah, you're the new champ, motherfucker. They're loving it. So I'm I don't know. You, before you even know what's going to happen at the end of the show, there's also there's all... 
these tiny little it's all it's there in it with the baby face turn it's just waiting to happen uh just fingers crossed it doesn't go the rocky maivia way the way they wanted roman to go <laughs> no not the way that roman went apart from roman now roman now as a heel is a badass but yeah the, the way they wanted him to go it's superstardom absolute superstardom um oh and he has to see all the 24 year olds in the audience and lola gets he rightly comments that there seems to be quite a lot of 24 year olds so he's like come on i want to see everyone stand up who's 24 and about 50 percent of the audience fucking stands up is that right? about 40 let alone 24 <laughs> he goes right take your tops off i want to see the rest of it i want to see what the body of the 24 year old modern man looks like and about three of them go for it and start swinging the t-shirts around fucking loving life i'm sure they wonder like you and all but uh, no that mr muscle guy that started getting it the whole kogan <laughs> no i mean the skinny ginger guy with glasses yeah the guy yeah he give it the whole kogan fucking bicep curl <laughs> <laughs> he reminded me a bit more of mr muscle out comes Benoit though, and he informs Randy Orton that he is cashing in his rematch clause tonight, and the SummerSlam rematch is on. Our opening contest: Rhino with Tajiri going up against Sylvan with Big Rob. Uh, it's one half of the Buzzgore Express win. They get a tag title shot at Unforgiven, but if one of the Bellends win, then they can't challenge for the tag straps again. This is only going to go one way. It, it has to. <laughs> do you know what what really tickles me and it's one of those where um i don't know if you noticed we had a little post on social media the other day about favorite referees and um I, it was lovely to see some of the comments and some of the mm. old refs that uh like the love for charles robinson is so strong on the ruthless universe it's really everyone but I did love the fact that Charles Robinson himself even commented and saying that he loved Jack Doan. I'm like, yep. yeah! Because <laughs> Jack Doan... I think for us, Jack Doan, it's more because of the Hunter Games, which, if you yeah. want to support the show, even though all our episodes of Hunter Games are going to be free throughout... throughout Forever, it seems, at the minute, with this fucking yeah. corona. Basically, until me, and Mike, until me and Mike can sit together again in a room and record. Like, we're recording this on Sunday. It looks like tomorrow Boris is going to deliver another thing and... I'm very close to an area where it's not looking so good. I live Sheff just outside of Leeds. And Max and Sheffield, Sheffield and Sheffield's universities, it's not looking good at all, is it? So we'll see what happens tomorrow. So, But anyway, yeah, over on Patreon with, with the Hunter Games, uh, Jack Doan is, is, is a staple. He seems to always be fucking there. And he's deaf, he's blind. <laughs> he's, he's but he's still there. But it's brilliant. still there to this day. But it's brilliant. And, and yeah, so we had a little post about the refs. Uh, it was it's great to see some of the love for, especially like I said for Charles Robinson. Oh my God! Um, but an assist from Tajiri and Jack Doan. Right again? Are we deaf? Are we blind? Are we dumb? <laughs> because Tajiri spits the mist into Silvan. Rhino gets the victory. Right? Jack surely could have not see that A. Sylvan's got green eyes and B. Tajiri's got a green face and not put two and two together and come up with 80,000. Well, <laughs> but anyway, Rhino and Tajiri, Buzzgore Express, are off to Unforgiven to battle for the tag titles. The first match announced for the next pay-per-view on the Raw after the pay-per-view. Are you hyped for Unforgiven? Right now, no. <laughs> I don't want to see Robert and Sylvia versus Tajiri and Rhino again. Oh, it's going to be exciting. It's not, I hope it's tag titles on a pole or something like that. Because it's going to keep continuing until we're forgiven. A tables match. 
It needs four something. guys are going to be together to one forgiven. No oh, we're going to get one on ones. Oh, that's definitely going to happen. Um, JR and Jerry, they discussed the happenings of Lita and Kane from SummerSlam, and this leads us to a video package wedding invitation for the marriage of Kane and Lita, which will happen next week on Monday Night Raw. A wedding on Raw. What could possibly Nothing, go wrong? That's going to go And the, the last wedding that we saw, Michael, Billy and Chuck on SmackDown. That only lasted about three minutes. <laughs> hey. uh, Jerry, though, he believes in 25 years' time, he's going to be sat there with another broadcast partner, and then Kane and Lita will be celebrating their 25th wedding anniversary. JR fucking hates it. Ah, fucking Kane, fucking, ah, fucking. JR's not even on Raw in 10 years, let alone five. <laughs> and Jerry's still the chance he'll be on it now. He's still, that's the time now, though. He, <laughs> he still pops up every now and again for a perv. Um, this leads to Coach. Uh, he tries to interview Lita backstage, but she fucks him off and walks into a dark woman's locker room, flicks on the light. Surprise, motherfucker. The Hill Divas are throwing a bridal shower and we get presents. Uh, Molly, well, Lita, since you like to sleep around, here's some birth control and some Johnnies and the old go Trojan man. Uh, Gail, she's got a picture of the first kiss and then a picture of the baby. He's like, hey, oh, look, one of his eyes is Kane's and one of them's is yours. Uh, Lita, she fucks off in disgust after the final present that Jazz gives her a big red machine of her own, a fucking dildo. A vibrating well, it's just a vibrating box. Effect. We don't know it's a dildo. It's oh, implied it's a dildo. that it's a dildo. Could it's be an electric razor, you know. <laughs> For those lonely nights. Reminding Lita, you know, you've got to keep it fresh down there. <laughs> Um, so Lita fucks off in disgust. Trish follows her out of the, uh, of the locker room. Victoria though walks up. Uh, great job at Diva Dodgeball. Who was your coach? Stevie Wonder. Victoria. Even Stevie Boom. saw them balls coming. <laughs> Slap to Victoria. And then we cut to a vignette for the return of the heartbreak kid. Finally coming back after Kane nearly broke his track here and fucking nearly killed him. I wonder what, what feels, what what feels like months ago. Uh, Kane. That'd be the, the obvious theory. choice. Well, it's oh, obvi- not obvious. Maven. <laughs> a heel Shawn Michaels. That'd be that'd be somewhat different. Especially I'm not saying theory. I'm not saying join Evolution or Triple H or something like that. Become his own heel and his own storyline with somebody else on Raw. He does in a bit, sort of, technically. <laughs> Spoiler alert. <laughs> Michael, Divas action time, Victoria versus Gail Kim. Uh, Widow's Peak gets the win for Victoria. What did you make to our weekly Divas match? Well, why was Gail billed from Korea when they're actually from, she's actually from Toronto, they're in Toronto, and you could easily just get some cheap pop. Because Kevin, Canada. Kevin, she's a jab, Kevin. No, but Vince is from Korea. Kevin, she's a Jap. That's why. Yeah. That's exa- exactly why. <laughs> that Widow's Peak took far too long to set up. Yes, it did. It did take a long time to set up, but it, it's still a lovely finisher. I'm it surprised is. it's never been picked up by a fella. Uh, it it will look a, a lot more devastating, I think. Yeah, but possibly. That's what I liked about the octopus stretch from Gale. It's, it's a nasty finisher, that, because it pulls all sorts of different muscles. But it always looks better when a, woman, when a small woman's doing it. Like a yeah, Gale Kim or Stagey Lee or Sasha Banks. Oh, right, it would look great if a Brock Lesnar tried to fly in it to like a, a, a Christian. <laughs> uh, 
Um, here comes Trish and Tonkordo, and then that woman runs in for the save. And the second that Jerry and JR ask who the woman is, we are a fan will come over the mic and go, Stevie Richards! <laughs> it's like giving the game away to everybody sat at home. But JR, it's weird because JR and Jerry Lola, as the weeks go on, they still play the I'm half oblivious, but yeah, mm. I know who it is. Yeah, but even to say it's Lita, just because she's got, well, just because Steve's got red hair now. <laughs> so there's only one woman in the world with red hair. Yeah, and she's getting married to the big red machine. Speaking of the big red machine, up next, Kane versus Edge for the IC title. I love that the confetti was still coming down during Kane's entrance. Oh, it's everywhere. Kane so gets good. Kane's a confetti magnet and he gets covered in it as this match goes on. But with the red, uh, it looks amazing. Oh, definitely. You're like a raining um, fire. <laughs> Um, pregnant Lita, she comes out and Jerry comments on how she's starting to show and JR goes, no she's not King Lita alone. Well, if we're going with the fact that she's pregnant, surely Jerry, JR should be agree agreeing with Jerry. Or just saying like oh she looks glowing. Yeah, she, she, she's looking good for a pregnant woman. <laughs> but but Jerry, don't you, will you stop? <laughs> um, we get a ref bump uh, everyone's covered in Randy's confetti. Kane goes for a choke slam. Here comes Matt Hardy. Twist of fate. Big spear from Edge, and Edge retains. Lita loving life, but Kane is not happy. He drags Lita into the ring and tells her he doesn't mind though because next week they're getting wed, and then I'm gonna bang. I just love how King was just more concerned that the wedding gift, as he kept calling the IC title, was null and void now. Well, there seems to be a lot of wedding gifts. It comes up over the next next couple of weeks as well because Lita, yeah. we get a wedding gift from Bischoff, but also then Lita says it's a double wedding gift and I've got a gift for you. And There's a lot of gifts for this wedding. Look, look at them. They've done well, so well. They get so many gifts. If, if Cave would have won this match, that could have been Lita's something new. Yay. The title. Yay. Very nice. But that WB aren't that fucking clever. <laughs> aren't that clever. Michael, diva bollocks time. Earlier today, the Divas were asked who they would vote off if they could and why. And every single one of them dicked on Carmella. Uh, mainly yep. because she missed the dodgeball because she had other things to do. And she didn't uh, want to be like, there. Like when we commented on SummerSlam, we were like, well, there were rumours that a Diva were leaving the show. And then Coach kept speaking about getting a Diva that had been kicked off. But it was weird because Carmella's still here now. Yeah. Like when, when we spoke on SummerSlam, it was how they were portraying it, that how Co Coach was saying it, that... A diva had gone, but oh no, oh come bucket herself is back in the arena. She, she votes off Joy because Joy's technically a MILF. Well, she, that, that seems to be her angle with her. How dare you do the things you do because you're a mum? She's a fucking MILF and a half. Um, Michael, who's getting eliminated tonight? Drum roll, please. Michelle Mateka has been eliminated. I hope she doesn't um, have to do something good with the opportunity that she's at. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. Up next, Y2J versus the Animal Batista with Ric Flair. Um, Flair, he ends up getting involved. Edge comes out for the save, or does he? And he returns the favour from Jericho, leaving him hanging before SummerSlam as he walks away and leaves him to get battered by Evolution. Um, so going forward, we can see where this is going for the IC title. Y2J yep. versus Edge. Yep. IC title on a pole. That would be good. <laughs> <laughs> um, but Edge, you know, he's not the dickhead here. He's just 
Turnabout's fair play. Well, that's it. I do to you what you did to me. Why have your music playing, then doing a running? Because the shock factor. Because everyone's got to have the music played for a doing a running. That's the WWE you're law. Giving, you're letting, you're stopping the guys who are doing the beatdown do the beatdown. Because they're like, because oh, oh, who's this? Double turn, motherfucker. It's got to be done. It's got Vince Russell booking one on one. I can't explain. I'm not, I'm not against but I like it. <laughs> do it without the music. Well, we the crowd reactions let the people watching it on TV. That lets them know that there's someone there's, coming down. There's so many throughout the years that you could say just do it without the music, and it makes so bigger impact. But that's just wrestling. Like Vincent, like if he'd have come out with his music playing. Well, rock off soon. Well, I'll give you one. Imagine Invasion, but the last, I think it was the last Smackdown before the Invasion pay-per-view, where Vince wants the old Stone Cold, okay. and he finds him in the pub, and he comes back, and he batters everyone in the parking lot, and he comes to the arena, and then the music hits, and all the Alliance shit themselves. Imagine that happening without the music hitting. Okay, that, I'll give you that one. <laughs> that was a bigger moment than this. <laughs> than this. Michael, Diva says time. The coach, he brings out the Divas to dance uh, in one of, to one of the many, many themes, it seems. The Diva search has got so many different fucking theme tunes. Here you got the Every high, week it's a different track. The old bridge. You got... The old bridge track, as we spoke about before, is the best track. But the yeah. Hives track isn't bad neither, to be fair. They, 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 it's not a bad set of tracks that they've got for, and well, they go through them in a couple of weeks. Thank you to these, thank you to them, thank you to these. So, so many tracks for one fucking TV show. But to be fair, Michael, we've got divas in bikinis dancing on the stage. That's good shit, pal. And the only one who gets a reaction is Carmella. And it's just a chorus of fucking boots. <laughs> they do not like her. The thing is, fans read the dirt sheets in 2004. And the dirt sheets, as we spoke about many, many, many weeks ago at the start of this, the WWE, and especially Vince, they've pinpointed Carmella because of Playboy and shit like that to win this. And they've already, she's the one that's getting paid to do this. Do you know what I mean? That, there's yeah. a reason why, A, the Divas don't like her, or the not Divas even don't like her, but B, why the fans don't, because if the, it's the Roman Reigns effect. Don't f tell us what we want to like. We want to like what we want to like. Yeah. And we don't true. like Carmella. <laughs> Neither did not Divas. But I like cider, you don't like cider. That's it. Um, we get more Lita and Kane stuff as Jerry pretends to cry about the invitation. And then we go backstage with Orton and Hunter. Hunter goes, you be Randy Orton and let Evolution look after the rest. Evolution is the solution. Awesome and with 25 minutes left on the show, it is time for your main event. The World Heavyweight title is Randy Orton versus Chris Benoit. Uh, Benoit the a... <laughs> there you go. Blind as a bat, deaf as a coot. Um, Benoit with a crossface, but here comes Evolution. Big RKO and Randy retains. But before we get into the aftermath, Michael, what did you make to our main event? 25 minutes. Uh, so we said at the start we were hoping to get a good a good solid 20 minutes. We got exactly that. What did you make then? What were your highlights of Randy oh, versus Benoit? The rematch. Great match. Did you see the superplex? Did you I see what both guys did after the superplex? They sold. <laughs> <laughs> Say what you want, but seeing people not sell moves like the superplex can lower the standard of a match. 
I think it's any move, isn't it? Really, I think, apart from like a like a, a body slam or an arm drag and stuff like that. But I think you've got to sell every move, and the harder the move, like a superplex, which they build up. It doesn't matter who's in the ring; they always build it up as a massive, massive move. It should uh, be a big a, move at a big possible. spot. Yeah, you should you should have to sell for that extra additional couple of seconds. Uh, but no, I thought it was a great great run out for Benoit. Benoit's still over like Rover. I know we're in Canada, uh, but he's still over like fuck. Um, but yeah, it was, it was a great match. Great retain for uh, Randy Orton. And but it only takes one RKO. That is it, and that's how it should be. But as I said before, we get into the aftermath. The aftermath of this match is the talking point. It's a very sad time. Yes. Very sad time. As the boys come out, they beat on Benoit. We celebrate with Randy. They lift Randy up into the air. Triple H is up, puts the thumbs up. You're the man. You're the man. Drops the thumbs, says now. Batista drops back and they kick the piss out of Randy Orton. Evolution has now become a free man. ride it was why <laughs> why you know that, because meme, Rand- that top Randy 10 Orton's... animated fails this <laughs> number one right here Randy Orton's face run is fucking terrible at this stage right I'm, I'm hoping that it gives me a different pers- perspective being an adult now and looking back and watching on it I really do I hope I enjoy it um, but what I remember around this this original run as a face was rocking my idea levels but Michael, what did you make then to overall to Monday Night Raw uh, opening episode from SummerSlam and how many mavens? For a show directly after a pay-per-view, I really enjoyed it. Usually the, the, the Raw after a pay-per-view is usually, to be fair, a bag of wank. <laughs> usually. <laughs> Very true. This was a nice change. Started off great segment we on ended off with the finish was just so memorable that's what makes it good yes I think that's that's what you remember it's one of them iconic moments from the whole of the evolution the history of evolution yeah everyone thinks straight away oh the turn on Orton yeah the turn on Orton it's absolutely how many mavens then for Monday Night Raw probably about three three and a half oh three and a half I'm going to give him a two only it wasn't it wasn't amazing the the main event like we like we just said then the main event match it's it's never remembered for Benoit versus Orton it's remembered for what happens in the aftermath. No, I forgot there was uh, a B match today. Yeah, but it was it wasn't the most exciting episodes of Midnight Raw. But I'll give it a two out of the four. This is the worst one for me. It gets better from me, and oh, it gets a whole lot better next week, and then the week after, and the week after that. Michael, World Wrestling Entertainment press release. 
WWE announces the $1 million tough-enough to find the next WWE superstar. Awesome. The, win- the winner receives a WWE talent contract worth, worth up to $1 million and the recognition of being tough enough to become a WWE superstar. Um, the reality programme that drew top ratings on MTV on Thursday nights will be a special part of WWE SmackDown, and this time WWE will award someone a WWE talent contract worth, 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 they love this word, worth, up to one million. Um, the eight contestants, they will train in t- with tough enough trainer Al Snow and then appear on WWE SmackDown to undertake specific tasks to show why they are worthy to be tough enough champion. Each week, a contestant will be eliminated based on fan voting leading up to the finale on December the 16th when the winner will be decided. People interested in competing in the Million Dollar Tough Enough can send a VHS, remember one of them? Containing one, VHS. Containing one minute, one minute of material to WWE to demonstrate why they should be considered for the Million Dollar Tough Enough. Deadline for submissions is midnight Wednesday, September the 8th. Applicants must be male and age 20 or older. For more information, go to WWE.com. Are you ready for Tough Enough? I am. I think it's this one's going to be awesome. Is this the one with, like, Ryback and The Miz? Yeah. Oh, marvellous. We, we might have to review. We might have to... Oh, I didn't get it. I didn't get a <laughs> pun missed. Absolutely over the head. Over the head. So then, are you ready then for some smack of the down? It is the 19th of August, 2004. We are not live from Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. JBL, he comes out to begin with, with OJ. He helps JBL and oh my God, he is fucked. He's wearing a halo back brace. He looks in a right mess. Um, In a funny spot, OJ puts JBL's hat right on top of the uh, the neck brace, which was a fucking great spot. It was brilliant. The fact that they used that image um, for any JBL moments advertising JBL in the, in the video, in the little um, still packages, they use that the image of him in the fucking brace with the hat on. It's absolutely there you genius. Are, we have a comedy act as world champion. <laughs> it's not hard to imagine notice now, is it? So I, I prefer for him to be comedy than be stale. I fucking love America, eight foreigners. Because there's only so much fun you can with that. Comedy, you can, there's all different, so many different so, ways you can go with that. I don't mind a bit of comedy. Um, I love how JBL lost his balance getting in the ring, almost falling to the floor. Uh, JBL, he says he's in tremendous pain and asks the crowd to keep it down, which prompts the crowd to boo. You don't tell people you've got a headache and then expect them to be quiet. Oh, it's perfect heel tactics. It's like, I will. Well, I wish you'd shut up. And, hey, fans don't like being told what to do. He shows still shots from the match last night. Uh, JBL, he says he's not a coward like the Canadian Army. Boo! <laughs> JBL, he asks OJ to take off his jacket. He then tells the crowd to quiet down because like America, he's here pr- to protect them. JBL says Taker will never get a rematch for the WWE title again. Dang! AJ, uh, OJ, AJ, <laughs> OJ, he fucks off. JBL, though, is a bit worried. He tries to get out of the ring, but his brace hits the ropes and he bounces off onto the mat, which, again, a great comedy spot. Um, Orlando, he helps JBL over the barricade. As OJ turns, JBL loses balance and sits on a fan at ringside. They both fall onto a chair. Great comedy spot. I hope that wasn't a plan. (laughs) (laughs) OJ and JBL, they make their way to the back and take opposers with the belt in the ring. As we go to break, which was... uh, It was one of them where... I, I love it. I mention it all the time where you can have interaction in a feud without them actually having a fight. Yeah. And this was where you didn't need a match. 
You didn't need. You don't, I know it comes, but you don't. You don't. Uh, this segment, you didn't need it. You didn't need fisticuffs between jo Jordan and Undertaker. You didn't need fisticuffs between JBL and Taker. Just no. that's just the stare and the look and the presence that Taker has that helps. And the comedy stylings of. I'm not saying JBL's winning me over, but he's getting there. If he goes on being a comedy bollocks, yeah, I love I some comedy bollocks. Comedy. I do prefer him with the comedy shit. He was right when he said that Take will never hold the W title again. Technically, no. he was right. Technically, technically, he only hold, goes on to hold the big gold belt. He does. He does very, very. Look at Mike, full of stats, full of stats. This is the last time I believe that Take will. This segment in the ring is the last time Take will hold the world, the WWE title. Wow. This how time... good does that title look with? The dead man. That is very, very true. That is very, be very interesting to see if that isn't a correct statement from the stat man. <laughs> Up next, Scotty Tawari loses to every cunt versus Spike Dudley for the cruiserweight title. All uh, decided to pick a fight with the champ and his two well, That's a stupid thing to do at the minute, isn't it, really? The cruiserweight division is overrun by Dudley's. Scotty goes for the pin, but gets a two as Bubba puts Spike's leg on the rope. Scotty goes for a spear, but goes straight into the ring post. Dud the dog by Spike gets the one, two, three, but the duds aren't done. And Bubba, he belly flops onto Scotty, and we get Devon and Bubba holding Scotty up as Spike goes for a big old dick kick. Um, so, yeah, Spike uh, is rough shot, running rough shot over the cruiserweight division with his older brothers. Well, he's the boss of the cruiserweights, isn't he? He's the, he's the boss of everybody at the minute. He needs a diva to start bossing around. Where's Molly Ollie? He needs to get Molly Ollie again. And start, but this time, instead of pining after her, start bossing her around instead. But no, um, was timing was impeccable in this. When Scotty skinned the cat, Bubba tried to uh, grab him, but he just missed. So that timing there was perfect. And then when Scotty was doing the worm, he got to the R, and then Bubba grabbed his leg before he could get the M. Ah, it's a, it's a ring veteran, ring general. He's uh, old Bubba Ray Dudley. It's just a shame that they are kind of getting wasted in this feud with with uh, Spike. But it is somewhat different, and at least it gives the cruiserweight division a bit some of a purpose. Like the cruiserweight title has always needed to have a weird but quite solid storyline. Like for a long time, Charvo had it, and we had various things with his dad and with Jackie and stuff like yeah. that. And now we've got the stuff with Spike and with his brothers, and it's always it's always got a bit of meaning. Which you can't fault them for that, where they always try and push the title. At least it's got a storyline. Which it needs to to make it mean something. Absolutely. Um, we go to the announcers. They start talking, but then a big banner goes up behind them saying Heidenreich next week. Yeah, that I didn't expect that. That is <laughs> one on. way of announcing. V very left field. You know, because we've just had a VT saying Carly the Caribbean Call is coming. Uh, but I thought it was just like some fans trying to get on TV at first. I didn't realise it was a high a massive sound. fans are bringing a fuck off banner to it's like Vince likes cocks <laughs> on a massive banner we're then thrown backstage to Josh Matthews with John Cena next week on Smackdown is the second match of the Best of Five series um, Cena he talks about going 2-0 and the champ being here when Spike interrupts Spike says he's the only champ here at this minute um, <laughs> he tells so what Spike, about JBL Kidman <laughs> Cena tells Spike to go and get some glasses because he can't see me and wraps his hand around his neck but then the duds they come out of nowhere and beat on John Cena so we're going to get one of the duds versus Cena it seems Cena versus the Dudley Cena versus the Dudley <laughs> you don't know what to get prepared for 
Uh, it's, they both look the same, Vince. They both look the same. Up next, Paul London, Billy Kidman versus the brand new team of SmackDown, Chavo Guerrero and Jamie Noble. And Taz on commentary calls Jamie Noble a pitbull. Big foreshadowing there. Big foreshadowing. Speaking of Jamie Noble, I don't think I asked you this at any point. Um, what do you make to his new orange Randy Orton-esque pants? Gone are the, the jorts. Uh, Confederate flag on him. Yes, gone are the jorts because that scene is stick. Yes, now he's got a copy of the other uh, up-and-coming <laughs> Mini Orton. Just angry right. little angry with little redneck Orton. See, I, I get why they're using the Confederate flag, but Look at the Confederate flag in 2020. He's a southern hick when it's Jamie Noble. We get a sunset flip from the outside by Kidman. Uh, Charvo, though, he tries to hold to the ropes but can't. And and Noble, in his genius, he pulls Charvo's leg, which gives him the leverage. Charvo grabs the ropes again. One, two, three. And your new tag team on SmackDown gets a victory over the tag team champions. Well, we've got automatic new number one contenders. Straight away. That's like 2020 booking. Well, we won't have a storyline. I'll come out and I'll say I want to fight you for title. But then you'll say, well, well, if you want to fight me, you need to beat this person or beat me. And then I beat that person or beat you. And then I get a title match. And then you lose. And <laughs> you lose. Um, it was a nice, quick uh, cruiserweight match for SmackDown. Very enjoyable. I to- couldn't agree more. Very, Very enjoyable. Very enjoyable. Two cruiserweight matches in a row. Good, good building show so far. Smackdown is WCW. That's how it should be. And what we craved for for many, many, many weeks because we seem to have, we had it. I think that it was an overkill. Every week, wasn't it, for about, probably a solid year of 2003. Yeah. Every week, Smackdown opened with fast-paced cruiserweights and then they stopped and started opening with Kurt Angle promos and then JBL promos and shit like that. Um, we go backstage and Teddy Long is with Brian Hebner and he tells him to go and find Cena and the Dudleys because if they don't know, one of Teddy's house rules is if you're going to fight in the back, you better be willing to take it to the ring. Holla, holla, player, player, as we go to commercials. That's house rule number four, I believe. After the tag team match. We're not allowed to talk about the house rules. Yeah, <laughs> is that what it is? The first rule of Teddy Long's house rules is you don't talk about Teddy Long's house rules. Yeah, and the second. I see. We come back from the break and we get a promo for Tough Enough. It's back and it's for $1 million. And then we go to Latino he Viva La Raza, Eddie Guerrero himself. Uh, he comes out, he tells Kurt to come out because the question of who's better still hasn't been answered. Eddie says since they each have a win over each other, they need a tiebreaker right here, right now. Kurt, though, he comes out, declines, and said, Eddie says that even though if you're not going to give him a rematch, I expect you to come in here and shake my hand. Kurt, though, he knows Eddie's full of bollocks, so he's very hesitant, but he comes in. Eddie extends his hand. We get the handshake, and then Eddie whoops Kurt's ass. Clotheslines him out the ring. The big dog, Dada, Dada, makes his way to the ring to check on Kurt. Kurt starts whispering to Luther as Eddie says Kurt knows him better than that, and he knows I'm a lying motherfucker. Great spot. Uh, Angle and Reigns, they go into opposite corners. It looks like they're going to batter Eddie, and all of a sudden, who's that jumping out of the sky? Rey Mysterio runs out, and it uh, looks like I can predict a tag match going forward. Hold on a minute, player. But no, Kurt was right to be hesitant because you know, Eddie does lie, cheat, and steal. Well, it's it, the thing is, it, lightning shouldn't strike twice, right? And it was only last week, the week leading up to SummerSlam, where he went to Nicky's car, or maybe the week before, he went to Nicky's car, and Eddie went, don't, because there's a theft device, don't. And he went, I did it. And he went, look, I, I told you. 
told me once, shame on you, told me twice, shame on me. I thought we were going to be getting a rematch from the matches of night from SummerSlam. I'm kind of glad we're going to be getting two out of three falls next week. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert, Michael. I think, I think to, to have any match to... Uh, the thing is with SmackDown, SmackDown do it so well and Raw started copying because they had their iron match and stuff. I think when it's, like we said, when it's the week that it's you're not building to a pay-per-view, they yeah. still have these pay-per-view main event matches. And I think a two out of three falls, Eddie Guerrero can That's angle. a pay-per-view match. That could main event, name on a pay-per-view match, that could main event any pay-per-view in any fucking era. Media. Absolutely. Um, up next, John Cena versus the Dudley, that one being Devon. Uh, Booker T comes out to join the announced team. Uh, we get a suplex attempt by Devon, we gets blocked. Cena hits the FU. Pin attempt, one, two, three. John Cena stays in the ring talking to Booker, tells him he's got something of his and I'm going to get it back. It feels really flat, does the Booker T John Cena storyline for the US title because the yeah. matches are agreed. It's not like you're feuding over, can we potentially have a match in? How do we get to the match? The match is already agreed. We're, we've already had one. We Next week's. Next, yeah, it's it's a. Uh, I hope it gets better. The match wasn't great. I hope the next match does gets better. But you never know. You never know. Well, we don't even get one of them. Well, yeah, because what happens down under in WWE Australia? And the funny thing is, uh, the episode next week's episode, they tell they say we'll tell you what happens the week after. They never tell you, and then they drop it in a little bit later when they show a video package. And they're like, "Are they going to tell us what happened in the third match?" No, they, they just drop it in. Um, we we see a SmackDown throwback as we're building up towards the fifth year anniversary. So we're in, we're building up to five years, Michael, of SmackDown, and all the iconic moments they could choose. Some of them absolutely, others hmm, to use them. I'm not so sure. Um, the first throwback is to the first SmackDown focuses on Triple H Rock for the title, where HBK was a special ref. Great match from back in the day. Was it was. It was it was before Judgment Day, weren't it? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so it's like when... when uh, I always remember with the SmackDown, because that wasn't the first one, because they had a pilot episode. Which, which was very delight. Yeah, which was filmed uh, in, like, the Sunday Night Heat, Monday Night Raw arena. Um, and I think, like, Kevin Kelly may have been on commentary or something like that. Um, so that was, like, the pilot episode. And then they had, obviously, the first one on UPN. And I always remember in England, it wasn't shown. Like, like we didn't get SmackDown until they were maybe seven or eight episodes deep and it was on like many many years later that i watched the actual episode i always remember seeing clips uh, at some point maybe online or something like that or seeing stills uh, but it, it was like maybe five years after um, yeah probably even five years after yeah it was like I said we were, it was a lot of episodes deep until uh smackdown aired in the in the uk on sky one at like 11 o'clock in the morning it was we had it before july 2000 because i remember the episode where uh it's there were Triple H versus Rock and Jericho before oh, yes. Yeah, yeah. I remember July, I have a June, maybe June 2000, around King of the Ring, because it was also the time of the European Championships football tournament. And I was away in Filer in a caravan watching Sun Sunday Night Eat uh, and Saturday, Sunday afternoon, and it was Bob Ollie versus Triple H. What a fucking world. What a world. And please oh, do check out that review on our Patreon. Again, plug, 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 plug. Yeah, if you want to support the show, buy us a drink, get shots in, you can give us a quid. And uh, yeah, if you like what we do, if you don't, the episodes are free. <laughs> Up next, Rob Van Damme versus Rene Dupree. Um, Michael, FIFA watch. Uh, 
was the black fifi weren't it it doesn't want to be out there it was the black fifi that doesn't want to be there like all the fucking fifis i mean they don't blame like who what kind of who would want to be connected to ready <laughs> that's the problem in it if you're coming out to all Corgan or rocker that you are right fucking i'm coming out with this cunt who is it <laughs> this job it? it's, it's ready who's ready uh, five star frog splash gets the victory as you'd expect Rene doesn't beat anybody but then kenzo runs out and he beats the piss out of rob van damme and here it is the new tag team we've tag team division on smackdown is kicking off we've got chavo and noble for a, a week or so uh, and we've got Kenzo and Rene Dupree, the new champs. Or Cesaro in Nakamura, if you vacuumed away all their skill. And charisma. And <laughs> look. And, and physique. <laughs> we go backstage with Teddy in the production truck, and he tells one of the production women to play the tape once he, once he gives the signal, as he has a huge announcement. And he comes to the ring, and he says, since becoming SmackDown GM, I've been trying to make an impact. Hi, TNA. Uh, Teddy says he's re-signed the most iconic man in wrestling. We get, then get a video for this said man, and it is with an incredibly well, amazing haircut. The Big Show is coming back. Well, it's the it big is a crazy show. haircut. Has he not seen a barb barber since he's been out? Lockdown, mate. He's, he's been in lockdown, hasn't he? He's been in lockdown. Yeah, it's an iconic Big Show haircut, this. Fucking it's, hell. It's like a shit version of 99, late 99, but... Up next, Eddie Guerrero, Rey Mysterio versus Kurt Angle and the Big Dog. Uh, we get a ref bump. Kurt goes to do more damage uh, with the ankle lock, but is chased off by a chair wielding Eddie Guerrero. Uh, the Big Dog is about to suplex Rey, but Eddie hits a low blow. Rey tags Eddie as the ref comes to. Kicked by Eddie, and he introduces Luther to the three amigos. Uh, Eddie goes to the corner. Luther begins to get up. Rey backs in. 619, frog splash, 123. Uh, but Kurt Angle, he's fucked off and he comes back out with a couple of tins of paint and goes wild on Eddie's car and the commentators react like this is the only car that Eddie ever has or ever will have yeah. or ever, ever has in his life. It's actually like it's his first car. It's his only car. They're acting like it's enough reason for Eddie to want to kill Kurt. Oh, the motherfucker's going to die. What's this? time of his life during the entrance ray was so happy to be in eddie's car on the way to uh, wouldn't you wouldn't you love to be hell yeah i'd be dancing marking out for himself in a low rider um but yeah so that was your main event of smackdown michael as always 
What did you make to SmackDown and how many Mavens? I enjoyed SmackDown. Uh, started off with a Cruiserweight match. Another, some good matches. Uh, I thought the main event was pretty decent, to be fair. That 619 around the room post uh, from Ray to Kurt was brilliant. I love seeing him do it around the ring post. Don't know why I'll prefer that to the rope one. I think it's just got more of that wow effect, hasn't it? Is an OMG moment, as they say. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And it was, you know, Kurt vandalising Eddie's calves, great way to continue the heat and builds perfectly into the next show. But I think Raw won easily. Uh, yeah, I'd agree where Raw wins. I think, for me personally, Raw wins every single week this week. Oh, yes, Yeah, I think this this is one of the months where you can tell which brand is building towards a pay-per-view. Um, which is weird. For me, as we'll get into it, the Divas help massively. Massively. Mm. And the return of a certain Grand Theft Auto-looking motherfucker. By exact notes. <laughs> Speaking of which. So you're ready then, Michael, for some more Monday Night Raw? It's a... Oh, August the 23rd, 2004. JR, he welcomes us and he says it's one of the most unusual and unpredictable Monday Night Raws ever. And he ain't fucking wrong. Uh, we open the show with some diva search bollocks. Jerry, he comments on how Carmella is his favourite and JR disagrees, saying they're all his favourites. It's like working with Jerry's rubbing off on you, JR, isn't it? Uh, it's just, you know, it's a nice old man, JR. He's not <laughs> looking at it the same way. He just likes this. Carmella's one of the most experienced. <laughs> Hello. It's elimination time and it's bye bye, Tracy. Uh, coach, bye, he then gives the remaining not divas five minutes each to tell the coach how amazing he is. But this brings out the return of If You Smell as the great the one returns. Pie eating, eating. kissing, trailblazing. Carl Johnson looking motherfucker. <laughs> yeah, straight out of Grand Theft Auto. Well, this is the this is the part where it's only just come out or it's about That's to it. come out. That's Rock's new gimmick. It's going to get him over in Hollywood. Uh, they're not divas. They mark out for the Rock, especially Maria and Christie. Uh, Carmella, mm. though, she kind of looks like she ain't got the faintest clue who this guy is. It's like, why is everyone going wild for this guy? Who is he? I've not played Grand Theft Auto yet. Uh, it's an awesome, awesome segment. Uh, Rock dicks over coach. Uh, you can definitely see though there's no script. They basically said, look, Rock, you need to go out and get us from you coming out to the divas eating pie. The rest of it, crack on. And yes, people, the divas eat pie. Um, yep. The Rock, he gives coach five seconds to get out of the ring before he gets an ass whooping of a lifetime. Uh, Rock then tells coach to fuck off because he needs to say, finally. And it's like, hey, the crowd go wild. And to be fair, I went wild at home as well. This came, this was out of left field, this. Even the dirt sheets didn't give anything away about The Rock was going to uh, yeah. make this appearance. Um, it was a lovely surprise. The Rock then suddenly notices the not divas. He's like, <laughs> yeah, uh, the Rock says, I know what you're thinking. Damn, look at The Rock. And also, I know that you're thinking, I'm getting a bit wet. With sweat. Gives a couple of seconds for the Divas to go, what? Eh? Because with perspiration from the lights, it's like, yes! Uh, Rock brings the Not Divas together so he can have a bit of a stare. Uh, he calls over Lillian. He's like, he's a big fella, pointing at his dick. He's like, go on, Rock. He's like, hi, mama. Well, you know, she did get fired from her job at the sperm bank for drinking too much on the job. <laughs> 
Rock's dick, though, he says he's got a mind of its own. Uh, the Rock, then he asks who Carmella is, and he kind of shoots for a second, and he comments that, uh, he's heard at the back people saying nobody likes Carmella, which is completely kind of, it is true, but it's not true, because the actual story in the back is Vince and everyone love Carmella. And The Rock says, back in the day, nobody liked me too, which is, uh, yeah, he's like, look, just be yourself and fuck everybody else. Um, this all leads to The Rock hitting it doesn't matter line on Carmella. He's like, how do you feel? It doesn't matter how you feel. He's like, he's and like, then he has to tell her, it's okay, that's part it, of the call job. It, call it an honour. And to be fair, I wouldn't mind Rock doing that on me as well. Um, Rock, I'd, I'd mark it out if you did. Absolutely. Rock then shoots on the ice cream cone making segment that we had a couple of weeks ago. Uh, he says that everyone remembers that. And he's like, oh yeah, look, one dude clapping. And it's like, yeah, it's yeah, I was clapping for sure. such a shoot comment. He says, Rock says it was entertaining. Uh, not. I can think of a way some people some people might find it entertaining. Hey. Rock says, nobody wants you to see ice cream. They want to see you eat pie. And we need some pie out. And of all the people to fucking pick to bring pie out, here comes Tadgers. Chef to cheer Vince is like, Kevin, he looks like a waiter. No, I reckon Vince went to a, went out. Vince, Linda and kids went out for the Chinese last week. <laughs> right. And they're like, who can we use? Kevin. Kevin, these pork balls, Kevin. And that's how Tajiri comes out with various different... And to be fair, these pies, they look quite nice. They do look quite tasty. Rock, he asks if there's any pie lovers in the house. And then he asks, are there any strudel lovers? And he points to one guy and he goes, look, you must be related to the coach. Like, yeah, gay jokes. Fucking Vince and his gay jokes. Vince, it's not just Vince, it's Vince and his spawn. Because Rock's, Rock's very much Vince spawn mm. with his humour. And it's yay, gay joke. Uh, well, I'm surprised Rock got one joke past Vince. Well, having good weed in Yes, yes Rock tells the fans to no, settle down. But- the Rock, he then runs through the different flavours of pies and he wants to know the most important question. He goes, Tadgers, we've never spoke before. What's your favourite pie? And Tadgers, after a couple of seconds, should I say it? And Rock's like, it's live TV, motherfucker. What's your favourite pie? Poontong. <laughs> and then the Rock asks, what is Poontong pie? Me and you need to knock about with each other, son. Fucking brilliant. Tajiri, it's, it's comedy though. The, the comedy with Tajiri from back in the day with Regal and all that jazz back in the actual Tajiri's one of the funniest. Uh, it's, he's ever. naturally funny. It's like he's got the R Truth gene. He's just naturally yeah. funny. His facial expressions, just everything about Tajiri is the fucking man. Even though I was a bit like, why did they bring Tajiri out of all the wrestlers, Tajiri? That explains that it. That explains it. Comedy. My apologies, Vince. Right. My apologies. I hope you enjoyed your Chinese. So it's pie eating time. Joy, uh, she eats cherry pie while offering Carmella out in a match. As she puts it, WWE style, down and dirty. Uh, The Rock comments on the crowd silence. He's like, everyone clearly fucking loved that one. Um, Amy, she goes wild on a pie. Well, you know, good instincts. She holds her hair back (laughs) and starts licking. (laughs) Good girl. Uh, Carmella, she starts rubbing herself in pie and then feeds to Jiri and the fans really don't care for Carmella. Um, Maria, she takes some pie off, licks some pie off her nose with her tongue and then she puts yeah, her face 14-year-old in. me had the same reaction as to Jiri. To Jiri, absolutely loving life as Michael is, even now, near my 30. Yeah. Right, right now. <laughs> oh, thank you for saying 30 years and yeah. not 31 years. 
uh, Christy says her butt's hungry. She's getting a bit of the old hungry bomb and it needs a feeding and she sits in the pie. And Tajira, he cannot believe what he's seeing. He's like, I'm the luckiest man in the world right now. So do you reckon Tajiri ate that pie after? A hundred, a thousand percent. <laughs> but, but Coach Cunt, he comes out to interrupt the proceedings with the Bellends. And the Bellends are going to give the people's ass whooping of a lifetime. Uh, Rock and Tajiri, they clear the ring and the fight is on. And the Rock with a great line, he's trying to rush the Divas out. This fixing to be a homicide in this son, bitch. Um, the Rock, though, with a little little bit of a racist line, he goes, Ding Dong Ching Hao, which is apparently Chinese, Chinese or Japanese for just bring no, it. Says Chinese. Yeah, so it's a bit racist. He says, I'm going to speak in Chinese on behalf of my friends here. Yes, so it's a bit racist. Uh, the Bellens and Coach, though, they get the upper hand until a wild rhino appears, a spear. Coach is left alone in the ring with Tajiri Rhino and the Rock. Rock ushers him to one side. Coach gives gets the big man. He's like, come on in, Rocky. I'll fucking batter you, motherfucker. Spinebuster, people's elbow. Rocky can't protect off his elbow pad because he's not got one. Whips off his shirt. Jerry goes wild, which is a bit weird. Jerry likes seeing a naked rock. People's elbow ends the segment. It's a great segment, but Michael, opening coach line of welcome to the diva search to the rock delivering the elbow. 24 minutes and 40 seconds. That's far too long. For an opening promo. I... Well, Rock had about a five-minute entrance, because it's Rock. It was... takes him two minutes, takes him less than a minute to walk down to the ring. But it's still taking five minutes. Uh, for me, personally, I fucking loved it. and uh, We had a conversation... Uh, I, love, I love seeing the Rock. We had a conversation during the week where I, I messaged you and I said, this is up to now one of the greatest, if not the greatest, opening 25 minutes of a Raw ever without trying to give anything away. And he's brilliant. He's just so funny. And like I said at the start, I believe this was so unscripted. And it was just a rock. Go on, have a bit of fun. And you've got women in bikinis. We've got pie. We've got Lillian jokes. We've got Rock's dick. It's a great fucking opening segment. A great opening what? segment. Five stars. Well done, Raw. The police gave Rock a microphone and said, just mention pie, get coach out of there. And... Have fun. Uh, absolutely, absolutely. Um, up next, we get an update on the future of Randy Orton. As we go to the break and as we come back, we see the happy groom, the big red Glen, whistling, here comes the bride, as he walks with what looks like a dress in his hands. Um, JR and the King, they discuss Randy Orton being expelled from Evolution last week and we get a video package. And then we go backstage again with Triple H and the boys. Uh, Batista apparently has delivered an ultimatum to Randy Orton in person. Uh, and now, apparently, Randy Orton is no longer in charge of his destiny. Evolution is. But Alan asked Rick, is Orton still here? The show's only just started. Where <laughs> ah, the fuck is it going to be? Yeah, yeah, I've fucked off already. And you've not even seen me, and I've already left. Um, and then we're still backstage with Kane and Lita. Uh, Kane says it's bad luck to see the bride, but he has a gift. A beautiful white wedding dress, as it's all white affair to signify the purity of the child that Kane put inside her. And I, I would have loved... a cheerleader outfit. <laughs> just for, for the callback to Katie Mitch. <laughs> that would have been great. That would have been great. It's like, she couldn't wear this on her wedding day. It so could you have will. Been you. Um, I did like Kate. I love Kane's creepy vibe. He's like, I love tonight. I can't wait. I know you don't like it, but I fucking love it. It's brilliant. And then, Michael. 31 minutes into tonight's show, it is time for our opening contest. And it is the IC title, which is on the line with Edge Yard Ring, defending champion,
going up against Y2J, Chris Jericho. Uh, Y2J, he goes for the walls, but Edge rolls him up. One, two, three, but Jericho's leg is hanging halfway over the fucking rope. The ref finally realises after calling the one, two, three, ringing the bell, letting Edge have about 30 seconds to 45 seconds of celebration, and then kind of finally realises, calls the match back on, and we go to the break. Edge could just literally run back through Gorilla. <laughs> just run out, no, right. ref, you hey, called I'm it. I'm done, no, I'm you done. Called it. I heard the bell, you called it. Uh, so the match continues after the break, and it ends with a really random spot. Uh, Jericho goes for a crossbody, Edge catches him, crotches him on the top rope, which I've seen yeah. thousands of wrestlers do throughout my life being a wrestling fan. But this time, it's a it fucking DQ. DQ. Edge sets up for the spear, goes for the spear, but Chad Patton, no, it's a DQ saying Edge deliberately dumped Jericho. Very weird finish, very weird finish. But what did you make, Michael? It took half an hour to get here. Our opening match on Raw. So I'd have preferred uh, a screw finish. Yeah, fair enough. You, you could save this actual finish for the pay-per-view. But the finish that they went with just ruined it. Yeah, absolutely. Could, could not like, still had uh, that spot. But then have edge roll and then feet on the ropes summer. Yeah, just it was a, of all the spots to use, a spot that's used time and time and time again, a wrestler to get an advantage. Or a dick kick. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. we've seen a lot of them. Just like... shattered dreams or something like that. Where's Golden? Where's Golden? That's Up next, here comes Evolution to Hunter's theme music, which I found quite weird, until mm. it all made sense when Randy Orton came out to Evolution's music. Because Randy has not yet got his own theme, so it'd, yep. it'd be weird them both coming out to the same music, even though, for me, it's, it's a weird one, because Randy got kicked out of Evolution, but I'm still using Evolution's theme. Yeah. They should have had new music ready for when he... Or could he, uh, could he just not come out without a theme? I'm a nobody now. Yeah. I'm, I'm I'm not a nobody, but I'm on my own now. But I'm still in a bit. I'm on that two week cycle of oh, where's my life going now? I had evolution for years and well, what felt like years. Um, and so what do I do? So yeah, he could just walked out just with a smirk on his face or something. But no, Hunter delivers the ultimatum. Randy needs to hand over the belt, and Evolution will pass him by, leaving me forget he ever existed. But if he doesn't, we're coming after you, and we're gonna fucking kill you. Randy comes out. It looks like he's gonna hand over the belt, but then delivers the biggest goz of all the gozers. He must have been storing that since he came out at the top of the ramp. And Triple H is covered in Randy Orton's spit. Um, he's been holding that in since he joined Evolution. <laughs> I'm telling you. Uh, the segment ends. Triple H going wild over the ropes uh, with the spit dripping everywhere, and it's like ugh. Um, Blew the proper gas. Yeah, going forward then, we're going to get Triple H versus Randy Orton over the world title, it seems. Did you notice, though, when Triple H said that he's the greatest wrestler alive today, he sounded exact. He said that exactly like Flair used to say that back in the day. That's We've mentioned it time and time again. The influence rubs off so much. We go backstage with uh, Victoria. She's with Eric Bischoff. Uh, she says it's wrong making Lita marry Kane. But then Hunter comes out of nowhere, rags Victoria out of the way, and demands Randy Orton and Bischoff confirms it for Unforgiven. So another match confirmed, Michael. It will be Randy versus Hunter for the World Heavyweight Championship. See, that's a hyped match. It's, no. a, it's a blood feud, that that's for sure. <laughs> Up next, William Regal versus Ric Flair, which is a main event in any era, and I'll find anyone yes. that disagrees. Um, oh, yes. 
I don't think I've asked this. Uh, what do you make to Regal wrestling now in a singlet? Well, the one we get next week, that was all right. This one looked like he was wearing two singlets at once. <laughs> Maybe they do sometimes, just to get a bit of a tighter fit around the waist. Well, as we see in... Uh, Smack on smack down. Eddie tries to pull Kurtz down, so maybe that's just uh... <laughs> pull it down. There's another one. Pull it down like like fucking Russian dolls. There's just another <laughs> one appearing, another one appears, and another one appears. Just, just different colours of singlets, time and time again. Uh, we see also that Eugene is now the cover star for September's edition of Raw magazine. Fair fucks to him. I wouldn't mind being a cover star. Hey, he's come a long way. He's come a long, long way. Um, the re- you know, to- Having pointless match with Robert Conway, his to, former Los Conquistador. To feud him with the game in the main event of Raw. Exactly. That's come a hell of a long way, even though you're a spacker. <laughs> um, so That's the match, fun. Ref gets distracted uh, by Eugene and Batista on the outside, and then Benoit runs in as well. Uh, during this, Regal and Flair, they both have the same idea. They go both go for brass knucks, but Regal strikes first. Tucks it into the singlet. That's the reason why he's wearing singlets now, because there's more space to hide his brass knucks. Easier. It's easier, easier, easier access. access to get the one, two, three, which was quite, I'd say, the, quite the upset victory. Regal getting the victory over Flair. I loved the ending there. Both thought this exact same thing. Both heels. At the exact same time. Both, 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 uh, two peas out of the same pod, that's for sure. But, you know, Regal always says that he's a born villain. That's it. That's it, we're cut from the same cloth. He said it's Triple H, and Triple H is cut from the same cloth as Flair. They're all, what a stable that would be if it would have been well, Re- Regal, Flair, and Triple H. <laughs> what a stable. Up next, Michael, more Diva Search bollocks as it's time to vote. And then we see Lita backstage looking over the moon while she tries to break a mirror. Uh, I swear she tried to break that mirror as well. And all that were left were just whatever she threw of it, a glass or whatever, it was just the liquid pouring down. The, that mirror stood strong. That oh, mi- yes, that and mi- Kane that- looks a lot like Mr. Clean. <laughs> <laughs> so, with 20 minutes to go in the show, it is time for the wedding from hell. Michael, we've had two matches. We've had two matches on episode of Raw, because it's time for the wedding. But I've heard all the Raws. How's this Raw really with two matches? I fucking love this episode of Raw. Is it because Oz- Ozzy Osbourne's on piano and Body Tiles on cello? <laughs> I love the fact that they went all out by getting like Kane's entrance music was fucking amazing. It was brilliant. I, I thought it was weird. Oh, I loved it. I thought it was so good. It's so good. It's so symbolic because it's a wedding, but yet you've got something that sounds like a funeral track. Because it is the wedding from hell. Uh, Jerry, he's lost for words with the ring bearer and the flower girl. He's like, oh, look at these fucking little people. He's lost for words. Um, Lita, I can't find the names. <laughs> I looked. I looked hard. I couldn't find the names of them. Apparently, the, the flower girl was uh, one of the producers or something. All right, okay. Or one one of the uh, backstage t- staff. Do you know if somebody looked at like your Google search results of like the past few months? There's so many search results for midgets. <laughs> what is this yeah. midget wrestler called? What is this midget wrestler called? Lita, she comes out still looking absolutely over the fucking moon. Uh, but Looking like the girl from the My Chemical Romance video. But uh-oh, she's out in a black dress and Kane is not fucking happy. Um, Kane delivered his vows to what chance and says Lita will never re- understand what freedom is as she is now his property. 
which is a massive fucking angle for going forward. Property's a big thing in this. Um, the vicar, he asks if anyone here present is knows the reason why they shouldn't get wed. Oh, everyone's looking for Matt Hardy. He doesn't come. Leah looks pissed. Here comes Trish in some fucking xhamster.com underwear. Well, you know, she wore white because Leah can't wear it anymore. We get a cat fight. And Kane, he finally fucks him off, fucks Trish off, saves Leah, and we gets, he rushes along the ceremony. Then Matt Hardy, as Kane's just about to say, I, I do, he appears. Uh, he's come back to no avail. One chokeslam later, Kane drags Leah back into the ring, and Raw goes off the air with a brand new power couple, Mr. and Mrs. Kane Jacobs. Kane, I hate you worse than. I hate you, Kane more than life itself. You are a vile, horrible man with no soul. And even though I have no choice but to marry you, I want to make it clear that I love, and I will always love, Matt Hardy. I sincerely hope you rot in hell. So there's a few things. One, Trish says that she doesn't believe in sex before marriage. I'm sorry, but I may have to call, have to call <laughs> bullshit on that. Hi, Vince. Why doesn't Lita just say no? Just say no. Why did she just file for a divorce straight away? That as well. Straight away. And is it an annulment when you annul the wedding like in the opening couple of days or 24 hours or something like that? Yeah. Straight away. It's, on what grounds? Well, yeah, what's raw? Or <laughs> yeah. cheaper. Yeah. But I did love uh, when they're walking up the ramp and Kane just makes space sound fire. Oh, Kane's got the power. He's like his brother. His brother could send lightning into the arena. Yeah, I forgot to mention, so as, as Matt Hardy and Kane are battling, Matt Hardy tries to save Lita. Kane, as Michael just said, sets fire to the stage. We'll just get a wall of fire where Matt and Lita, they could just jump either side. Oh, no, they stand there frozen. So, Michael, how was Raw and how many mavens? Raw is really enjoyable. Uh, so I'll give it three mavens. I agree. Even though there's only two matches. And I know I've dicked on Raw before for only having two matches. But the show itself was really enjoyable. It had so many segments that don't... Did you know that opening 25 minutes with The Rock and The Divas? That didn't feel like an opening 20 minutes of Triple H and Evolution that drags on. That was so much fun. And It if, went quick. If WWE is World Wrestling Entertainment. Yeah, there wasn't much wrestling, but my God, did they back it up with entertainment. That was a brilliant episode. I give it a solid three mavens. Solid three mavens. It would have been more if it had more wrestling, but for what it delivered, it was a brilliant. I would have loved to have sat down on a Friday at 10 o'clock, being a kid, and that would have been my episode of Raw. Fucking yeah, you got Ozzy Osbourne and Buddy Tyler on. <laughs> but Ozzy Osbourne on piano and Buddy Tyler on cello. <laughs> that explains a loop. Up next, it is time for some more smack of the down. 26th of August, Michael, we're in Fresno, California. We are not live. Um, Eddie Guerrero, he comes out first without the lowrider, as he only has that one lowrider. Yeah. It's not like he could get a custom lowrider. Now. from any other custom low rider shop. So are they trying Especially to tell us... Especially in Fresno, California. So are they trying to tell us then that every low rider that Eddie's ever had is just a new paint job? 
Then body job, it looks like. <laughs> and he only has the one who spends thousands every week between SmackDowns changing it up so it looks different. That's commitment to the gimmick, that. He it must really be is. skint. He must be skint. Guerrero, he calls out Kurt, but the big dog, da 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 da, comes out instead. Angle, though, he calls Eddie out to the parking lot. Uh, Angle, he tells him to do whatever he wants, but leave his car alone. And Eddie's like, oh, it's your car, I see. Oh, mamacita. Smashes fuck out of that, the car. I say the car. Uh, the car turns out to be Teddy Long's car. And in uh, what goes on to be like a weird half an hour, we get Teddy going, my car, my car, my car. He has to tell you about 45 times that it's his fucking car. I did love Eddie's facial expressions when the realisation set in there. He's like, I'm just destroying Kurt's car, Essie. It's like, that's not Kurt's car, that's my car. It's like, oh. <laughs> my bad. <laughs> Up next, opening match of the night, Rob Van Dam versus Kenzo Suzuki with Hiroki. Uh, Suzuki, he gives a pro-US promo to get heel heat because in WWE land, only white people can love America. But he, he says that He's got a face man who drives a Japanese car and scoffs. <laughs> Says RVD should be driving an American car. So correct me if I'm wrong, people, but isn't the only big American car brand Ford? Yes. There's too many of them on the road already. <laughs> should be driving a Ford. Uh, RVD, he goes for the five star, but Renee interferes. Suzuki tries to capitalise, but RVD rolls him up for the win. Um, now, after the match, Suzuki and uh, Renee, they double-team RVD. But why couldn't they let Suzuki go over if you're going to push these two as the new, like, heels on SmackDown? Get a win on your first match with... And let Renee... Make it be a dusty finish, but let Renee be the one that maybe trips up RVD or something like that. And at least yeah, have, like, the, have Renee push... Have the dirty foreigners win. And then the Von Eric close slam. Yeah, just have the, have the dirty foreigners win any which way possible. Just RVD wins again because... You're just jobbers. That's what they are. They are. They, uh, Two jobbers that have been put together now in a tag team. A team of jobbers. A team of jobbers. We go backstage to Teddy Long. He's mourning the loss of his car. Uh, Bradshaw, though, he pulls up and he threatens to sue Teddy. Uh, Teddy says that Bradshaw must defend the WWE title tonight, but JBL says he can't because he's fucked. But Long declares, Michael, Orlando Jordan will tonight be representing the WWE champion as he will be defending the WWE title against The Undertaker on behalf of JBL. I mean, the only one I can think of where someone's won the title on behalf of someone or for someone before was Andre beating Hogan and then giving the title to DiBiase. Yeah, but I suppose he's just handed it to him. He's not fighting it for me now. It's now yours. Uh, there was one, thanks to good old Google, uh, Buzz Sawyer. He lost the North American title on behalf of Dick Slater. Because uh, Michael Cole does ask the question a bit later on. Um, he was like, oh, has this ever happened before? And I was like, hmm, has it? Went to Google. There's your answer. Thank you, Google. <laughs> Cheers, Google. That up-and-coming company. <laughs> up next, Charvo Guerrero with his new tag team partner, Jamie Noble, going up against Billy Kidman with Paul London. Um, Didn't we have this match like a couple of weeks ago? Because this is how it works in the tag team cruiserweight division. There ain't no other fucking tag teams. Sit down, shut up, 2020. enjoy it. <laughs> uh, Charvo, he targets Billy's shoulder. Uh, Kidman, he delivers a pair of clotheslines, but Charvo, Charvo comes back with an armbar DDT. 
Uh, Kidman backflips out of a suplex, but he can't do the BK bomb because his shoulder's fucked and he just has to settle for a drop kick. He then goes up top for a shooting star press. Noble crotches him. London takes out Noble, though. Kidman re-steadies himself and delivers that shooting star press that nearly fucking kills Chavo Guerrero. Aims for the head. It's horrible. It's nasty. I'd like to think he doesn't. He's not doing it on purpose, and it just—it's either he mistimes it. Because the thing is, we've mentioned this before. When people like Evan Bourne uh, or yeah. even Brock do a shooting star press, he comes down straight. Kidman—he always jumps at an Angles. angle, and sometimes his knees can be out of position or whatever. And this was, and it's just—it was nasty. No, he landed full on his head. Nasty bump, and his knee landed full on Charvo's head. Absolutely fucking. Ugh. Well, uh, did you see the sign that was on the hard cam throughout the match? No. Feel the sting, like heat and steel. <laughs> well, so they... it's any going to be the new face of YJ Stinger? <laughs> it could be. That, no, that, that is could, something that'd be cool. That could be foreshadowing. That could be foreshadowing. Speaking of cool, we get a promo for Carlito Caribbean Cool. He talks about how cool he is and he spits in the face of an old fellow once he's got an apple off him. I fucking love Carlito. I love the gimmick. Love Carlito, I cannot wait. I'm so glad it's this early. I thought it might be another six months or something, but yeah, Carlito well, is coming. I thought it was another month at least. I spit in the of people who don't want to be cool. Can't wait. We go backstage, Teddy Long, he confronts Kurt Angle and reminds us that this car belongs to Long. Like, over and over and over again, he's cleaning up, I want my idea, it's my car, it's my car, it's my car. And next week we find out it's Angle versus Eddie, as we spoke about earlier, two out of three falls. But tonight, in this very ring, it's Angle versus Rey Mysterio. And then he makes the big dog clean up all the remains of the car, which he says, before he ends, that car belongs to me. Get to sweeping. Up next, match number two of the best of five, John Cena versus Booker T for the US title. Uh, Cena, he elbows out of the bookend, delivers a bulldog. You can't see me. Five knuckle shuffle. Goes for the FU, but Booker slides out. But then Booker gets a backslide, puts his feet on the ropes, gets the victory. It is now 1 1. Not the greatest of matches. The SummerSlam match wasn't great. This wasn't any better. Uh, this feud needs to start picking up. Yeah, I thought this feud would, between these would be a lot hotter than it is. Because we're in the build to the start of the feud. So if it was pre SummerSlam. It looked like it was building some good momentum. I think, and now it's just. I think, like, like we mentioned earlier, though, I think it's one of them where the the matches have already been agreed, and it, you know what's coming. You don't need any excitement or fun to get there because it's already there. Plus, you know, it's not going to be a straight sweep. And it's going to be, I want you, yeah, but you're not going to beat me, but I'm going to be. And I think that's the worst thing with things like two out of three falls or best of fives. You know, it's, it's very, very rarely that they'll pull off a two out of three fall match as a two nil victory. Very rarely. And this is the same with this. This was never going to be a three nil. I mean, think about it. the last time there was like a multi four match. Like, for example, uh, Shield versus Evolution. Shield, clean sweep. The only other time since then that there's been a clean sweep like that was probably at Chamber of last this year. Well, if you look at look at things like your Survivor Series, um, I yeah. remember the Survivor Series was at 06 with uh, DX and Punk. Oh, that one. With the, the clean sweep there. Um, yeah. Going back to... That. 
1990 Survivor Series. I think it was Rick Model's team. They had a clean sweep over Jake. So you have this. You have to think hard and long to to find things like that. So yeah, it's uh, interesting. Interesting times ahead. Um, we go backstage. Josh Matthews he interviews Paul Heyman for a couple of seconds, and then Heyman takes over and introduces his new man. We've seen He's the vignettes. Brock Lesnar 2.0 Heidenreich. Heyman it's says Lesnar from from Wish. <laughs> Lesnar Light. Lesnar Light. Lesnar from Wish. Uh, Heyman says Heidenreich will destroy anyone that gets in his way. Uh, Matthews questions whether or not Heidenreich can live up to the hype. Heidenreich then decides to give a little demonstration, and Matthews bumps like a boss as Heidenreich batters him all fucking over. Uh, and then, yeah, it finishes him with his little shoulder breaker. Um, I, and I'm then Paul sure. says, that's not hype, that's Lesnar Light. <laughs> Hypenreich. <laughs> and then we see a vignette Big Show is returning to SmackDown, if you didn't already know. And up well, next, the rematch from SummerSlam 02. It's Kurt Angle <laughs> versus Rey Mysterio. I got the exact same line in my notes. <laughs> uh, Rey hits a 619. Angle counters the springboard Rana into a big powerbomb for two, which I thought that would be the finish. Uh, Angle goes for the Super German, but Rey elbows out of it. Rey goes for a victory roll, but Angle does the Owen Hart WrestleMania 10. Counters, holds on. One, two, three. Not as nowhere near as good as SummerSlam, but still a very fun match. Um, what did you make to Angle and Ray? And I also noted the Owen Gretz Mania finish. Get out of my head, bro. It's weird because I've been watching that match the other night as well, and I saw it happen here as well. It's like, yeah, I can understand why they've gone that way. It's a great finish. No man looks weak in that finish. And but it's one of them. Trying to do something with Ray. Well, that's it. Are they pushing Ray now as the next big thing? Well, not big. Next underdog. The next little lad. Yeah, it was a great match. As good as SummerSlam 02. But that was... That was extraordinary. Yeah, it was, it was SummerSlam and Kurt was one less injury fucking that line. Exactly. I think that's that plays a big part into it. Big part. Up next, then, we get another SmackDown throwback building up to a five-year anniversary with Governor Schwarzenegger costing Triple H on SmackDown. Do you remember that? I remember uh, Arnie on SmackDown and getting into a little mini brawl with Alan. Yeah, getting his own... presented with his own WWE title as well. I was so yeah. jealous. So jealous of fucking Terminator back then. And then uh, they reconciled in 2015 and Triple H got to use the Terminator entrance. <laughs> well, there you go. Because <laughs> history... T Vince never forgets. Well, I remember when I awarded your medal champion. Well, <laughs> I want your shit now. Uh, we see Orlando Jordan, and he promises that he'll do his best to retain the title, but he admits that he's not so good. Uh, JBL, he does his best to give Orlando a pep talk. Orlando says he'd be more confident if he could take the title with him. And I, do you know, I can't fault him there. I think yeah. if, you're, if you're coming out as champion, give me the belt as well. Let me feel like champion. It's as... the only title he's going to hold. <laughs> it leads on. No, he becomes US champion, motherfucker. Put some respect oh, on yeah, OJ's. Does. Put some respect on the juicer's name. <laughs> Up next, it is time for the World Heavyweight Championship. It is the Juice going up against the Dead Man. Taker, he delivers the chokeslam from L, but JBL breaks up the cover. Taker comes back with Snake Eyes, big boot. Taker, though, goes after JBL, allowing Jordan to attack him from behind. Taker, though, chokeslams Jordan. He's about to finish him off with a tombstone, but JBL pulls the referee out of the ring, drawing the DQ, and, of course, the title does not change hands on a disqualification. 
After the match, Taker rips off JBL's protective collar and gives him a big dirty choke slam. Did you notice that when JBL's arguing with Chimmel to declare him the champion still, Cole immediately gets up because he sees Taker coming? Wouldn't you? Well, yeah, but <laughs> Cole, don't make it obvious that, that Taker stood behind JBL. He's on edge. Cole, Cole's always on edge about wrestlers. Cole's a very well, that was great camera work by Kevin Dunn. Very little man. <laughs> so then Michael what that was Smackdown what did you make we're two down uh, who won this week and how many Mavens for Smackdown so I thought Smackdown was really good but Raw just won out this week based upon the wedding and San Andreas <laughs> and San Andreas Rocky I have to agree completely um, I think Smackdown they they're progressing everything along fine storyline wise obviously with Guerrero JBL uh, Kurt, uh, all the other stuff that, uh, sorry, JBL Taker, Kurt, Eddie Guerrero, um, even your mid card, even the last, that's what's letting it down at the minute because for ages, your mid card has been Cena, Booker, RVD, Renee uh, fighting over the US title, and that's taken a lot of TV time, which they've had some good stuff, they've had some dire stuff. Now you've got 50% of that are now a tag team, uh, and you've got 50, other 50%, oh well, 60% are now fighting amongst themselves, where Booker and Cena are tied up now for another three weeks at least, and RVD, what's he going to do now going forward? Because he's yeah. not going to get, unless he gets a tag partner and carries on his feud with Kenzo and Renee. We shall see. Yeah. We shall see. Do you really want to see more nope. RVD versus nope. Ren nope. and nope. Ken? Nope, 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 Ren and Ken. <laughs> so, Michael, how many Mavens for Smack of the Down? Uh, I'll give it a two and a half. Uh, I gave Raw a three. I'm I'm a two. I'm a two. Uh, I think Raw just uh, Raw deserves. It doesn't even deserve just a half more. Raw was so fucking funny. It was full of all the bollocks and the shite that I won out of my Monday Night Raw. Give me my matches on pay per view. Raw and SmackDown. Give me the bollocks. You, you watch the TV for entertainment. Absolutely, absolutely. So then, Michael, are you ready for some more Monday Night Raw? It I is. Am. August the 30th, 2004. Uh, we get a, as the show starts, we get a still image, usually graphic uh, saved for when a wrestler passes away. This time you got, a, it was a guy called Marcin McCluskey. And I was like, what is that? Because I didn't recognise him as like a referee yeah, or a backstage agent. Me. Well, uh, Martin, Marcin McCluskey, um, he was the director of graphics for WWE on the TV. Uh, and unfortunately, he lost his life in an accident on the motorway. Uh, we got thrown off his motorcycle um, the company said he was the sweetest man that they ever met. He, he was he had an uncanny ability to bring people together and was a phenomenal artist. Rest in peace, Mr. McCluskey. He's done a great did a great job with well, his graphics and everyone's rest in peace and thoughts to his family. Well I hope he wasn't the person responsible for the WWE tag title graphics. If he were then nah, you weren't doing the greatest jobs, pal. <laughs> no, but it's he was director of graphics. I imagine underneath him, he had, you did the titles, you did this yeah. graphic, you did that graphic. So it were not Marcin, it was some other cunt. But Marcin, I never knew you, but rest in peace. Michael, normal service is resumed as Alan and the boys make their entrance for Monday Night Raw. Uh, Triple H, he says there wouldn't be an evolution for him. Uh, he says, he, a couple of digs, it were brilliant. He said, Flair forgot how to be the nature boy before Triple H picked him off off the floor and brought him back to the top. Uh, Hunter, he also believes he gave Batista direction and he made him the animal that he is today. Flair kind of, 
Flair kind of agrees, and Batista's having none of it. But Batista just stands at distance, thinking, "Give me a chance, and I'll rip the fuck out of you." Which, yeah, he will. <laughs> uh, Hunter a few is times over. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Hunter says no one gave a crap about Randy Orton until he saw him. He chose Orton to be the guy to take his place when he was done, but I'm not done yet. And how did Orton repay Hunter? He repaid him by spitting in his face. Here comes Randy Orton to some brand new music. And I'll fight anyone. This is Orton's best ever theme tune ever. Oh, darling, hey, that comes down. Nothing you can say. Nothing's, Nothing's going to change what you've done to me. Great theme tune. Fucking brilliant. And when he comes out as the champ with the waterfall and that theme, and yeah, I fucking love it. Um, we see, though, some staffers that are bringing out what look like paintings to the stage covered in sheets. Yeah, um, a couple of these holes. Orton says, first of all, don't call me Orton, call me champ. And you can tell that hurts Hunter. That hurts Hunter more than anything. Um, so and Orton reveals the pictures. The first one is Evolution with Hunter front and centre. She says, that's what it's always been about. It's not about us. It's all about always about you. And when Flair and Batista realise and stop kissing your ass, they'll fucking gear as well. That prompts Flair to go wild. And Orton's like, come on then, Rick. It's going to happen eventually. Come on, bring it. Which I love that. I thought, yes, go on, yes. Orton. Going, Kick fuck out of Rick Flair. Um, so far... Solidify yourself. So far... The promo skills of Orton, they, they are 50-50 with his face, but I thought that was brilliant. Um, the second picture we see is Randy defeating Benoit with no one around after Triple H said that Evolution are always there to help Orton, and if it wasn't for Evolution, Orton wouldn't be where he is today, and he's like, hang on a minute, so check this picture out. My own merit, I'll nowhere to be seen. you never did it. And the third picture is a good old close-up of Randy spitting on Triple H. Um, so what are your like, overall thoughts then, Mike, at the, moment, at the minute of Randy Orton and his promos? Where are we on the promo scale? Uh, as a face or overall? As a face. As a face, need work. I like some of the lines, like uh, when Ross Dave and Rick figure out they can detach their lips from your ass. Great line. It caused Flair to react the way Flair needed to react. Oh, Flair was like, Flair, that was the sort of line where he said, I want to take your children home and fucking torture them. Flair's like, come here, fucking, fucking destroy you. And um, I did like that he, you know, reminded Triple H that I beat Ben War, you didn't. I'm fucking 100%, 100%. I love his cockiness, which can work as a face at times. Absolutely. It's a bit more work. Um, Orton, he says he wants a piece of evolution and he has a friend to help him. I was expecting Benoit to come out, but no, yeah. it's old Sledgy itself. Orton, he runs down, starts swinging evolution scarper to end the segment. Um, yeah, it was another one. It was great. Nobody actually interacted with anyone physically, but there was enough words on the promos and the little stills and the pictures and stuff. It was a great segment. It was, it, normal service has been resumed. Evolution in a great segment to kick off for our. As you said, normal services resumed. I'm glad it wasn't Benoit coming out to back Orton up. I would have, I wouldn't mind Edge. Uh, but Edge is we trying to do the heel thing. With yeah, Edge, they're, they're trying their best with the heel thing with Edge. So I did like that he had a just a, I just I mean, just hidden behind one of them easels. Yeah, just just in case it kicked off. Um, we go backstage and we see Orton. He's with Bischoff. Uh, Bischoff demands Orton leaves the arena, but he wants him to leave the sledgehammer, and then he drops the sledgehammer, doink, straight well, onto Bischoff's foot. For about a minute. Great bit Bischoff of comedy. Great bit of comedy. 
Um, up next, three on two handicap match. Rhino and Tadger's Buzzgore Express versus the Bellends and their coach. So, um, Buzzgore Express versus two Bellends and a cunt. Rhino with a big spear to coach, uh, but the Bellends hit the Orivar for the one, two, three. Uh, and then we see Papa Roach in the audience as the commentators take us back to last week with the wedding from hell. Still putting over Michael like it's the worst thing that's ever happened on WBTV ever. If you ask later on Matt Hardy, it was. And that's who we're supposed to be rooting for. That's why. No, we're rooting for the big dead Glenn. He's got yeah, happiness now. <laughs> He's got happiness yeah, he, he just now. wants Kane just wants a happy family. That's all. It's that too much for, to ask for. That's yeah. all. That's all he wants. That's all he wants. Uh, we see Regal and Master Eugene backstage, and Eugene is far too focused on baseball to not listen to Regal. Every time Regal says something, it's a baseball pun. Like towards the end, Regal's getting pissed. He tries to give a stern word. Look, Eugene want to. Uh, Eugene, listen. Evolution want to strike you down. Bischoff wants you gone, and he stops and goes, "Strike!" Is that like Eugene's? Only focused on one thing. He's got very one-dimensional thoughts as old Master Eugene. Just because he's gone to see a baseball game. But it'd been so much funnier if instead of Giants, it was like Dodgers or something. <laughs> like not San Francisco's team. Cause, yeah, but that's for heel heat. And Eugene, no, can't be, Eugene can't be after heel heat. It's like our truth. No, that's that's far too far too clever to think about that for WWE. You'll give WWE far too much credit sometimes, Michael. I think I do. Up next, Evolution's own Big Dave Batista versus William Regal. Uh, Flair with a brass knuck shot to Regal and Batista with a clothesline for the victory. Um, it was a very quick, quick short match, but it did exactly what it needed to do. Batista's pretty much dominated as well most of that match. Winning with the clothesline from hell though, and not with the Batista bomb. Well, you still got to put over how absolutely powerful Batista is. So clothesline instead of a normal finishing move does do that to an extent. There but is the that. brass nuts help. That, that very, very, very true. Very true. We then go to um, some fucking conference centre somewhere as Ivory, Shawn Michaels and Linda McMahon want you to, not quite yet, smack down your vote. Pushing the young 18 to 30... WB fan, get up off your couch at home, come and cast your vote on the next general election. It's time for this week's Diva Bollocks. Michael, it's that time that I spoke about a long time ago. There was a great sign that said, someone 86 the Diva Search. So if you don't know, 86 is a restaurant term that means to cancel it. <laughs> to just stop it. Just... Null and void. <laughs> Null and void. Just what they should have done for every all football from lockdown. Null and void. Uh, so due to the coach being tied up with the bell ends, um, Stacy is tonight's MC. Lawler says that he's fighting the urge to make Stacy the happiest woman on earth this evening. No, you staying away, Jerry, makes her yeah, happy that enough. Happier. I'm sure. Um, Lola is desperate for the cameraman to pan around to see Stacey bent over uh, just before he groans and moans into selling some shit now just imagine being Xbox yeah and you've got to get like speaking of the adverts Day of Reckoning was one of the games that they was plugging yeah so if you're, expert, you're Xbox and you're like oh we're going to get an advert on we're going to pay 2 million dollars to have an advert pumped on Raw by the commentators alright I, I don't watch it but I'm going to tune in and watch it 
and the sentence, not even the sentence, the breath before Jerry started selling your products was, I want to see her cunt, I want to lick her fanny. Stacey, show me your shit. Oh, cameraman, you're a wanker because I want to see her cunt. But yeah, buy this for Xbox. <laughs> it's like, fuck it. Michael, here we are. Four, four not divas. One live mic. What could possibly go wrong as it is time for Dis the Diva? So Joy, she's up first. And she comments on how Amy's tits are a little bit too firm. She spanks Christy and then she tells Carmella she talks a lot of shit with a gap so wide you could drive a truck right through there, baby. She goes to slap her but her time runs out. Now, WWE censors that A, I'm so surprised this is still on the network. And B, their senses are a little bit off. The divas are working too quick for them. Oh, yeah, they are. Could definitely hear the words that were being used. <laughs> Amy's up next. She says, Joy, you need to learn how to lick a pie. Christy, oh, yes. you need to settle your ass down. And whore, you, you have no respect for WWE. You know shit about wrestling. And having a dick in your mouth has nothing to do with wrestling. Biatch. It's like... <laughs> Fucking, I loved it. They were, the censors were like a second too late on Biatch. You heard that word clear as a day. And how have they not gone back and sorted that shit out? Well, they don't use, really consider bitch a swear word, do they? No, well, not now, but they tried then because the censor tried, but the censor was a second too late. Like, she was far too quick for him. Carmella's turn. Uh, she says Amy tried out for Playboy and they laughed. Uh, Joy, she says she's look at a great role model for her kids, shaking your fat ass on TV. And then she hopes Christy wins. Like, so Christy must be the only one that's not bullying her backstage. Oh. Until. Christy's turn. She says, Joy, shaking, is that all you can do? She asks Amy if she's been sucking on lemons because her, ma- her mouth looks like a fish. And then Carmella. Oh, Carmella, you come burping gutter slut. Great insult. Christy then does the splits to end the segment. Michael, She's going to come down on all of us. Come burping gutter slot. Wonder why that's never been used again. Oh, I've heard that plenty of times. <laughs> Is that how people describe you on a Saturday night? <laughs> Sunday. <laughs> Sunday afternoon. Michael, how many mavens for the Diva? Okay, so the maven scale is going a bit different this time. We're going with uh, which one made me laugh the hardest. And it was Christy that made me laugh the hardest with cum burping gutter slut. <laughs> cum burping gutter slut. I don't know how but, much I'm going to have to censor out of this. <laughs> <laughs> but I did like Amy's shoot. Uh, you know, fuck all that wrestling and having a dick in your mouth has nothing to do with real wrestling. Oh, that was pure shoot. And I couldn't agree anymore. These divas, fuck, not divas, fucking hate Carmella. Because but Stacey even called the referee out. <laughs> Just in case it kicks off. Up next then, Michael. Um, Kane, he drags Lita to the ring. As they walk in past Trish, she says, look at you, like a proper husband, even taking the trash out. It looks like Kane's pissed, but he goes, <laughs> I quite like that one. <laughs> look at too touche, Trish. I like that one. He's like, hey, hey. That was good. And then Jim Ross, he thanks all the bands who gave their songs to the Diva Search. And then Kane comes out with Lita, who brings out a wedding present. Pat Hardy... Nat Hardy, Rat Hardy, and Fat Hardy. Um, the brothers of Matt version one, it seems. See, when he said, I've got a surprise for you, one of Matt, I've got some of Matt's family, I was like, 
Fuck off, Jeff's not back. <laughs> <laughs> or at least it was the real, could have been the real Daddy Hardy. Oh no, I'm fat, fat Hardy for me. I'm surprised they didn't go with a Meth Hardy. Well, it's a bit too, a bit too early yet. <laughs> yeah, I don't think Meth is as uh, popular in 2004 <laughs> as it is. Uh, 2010. Again, <laughs> um, later, though, after Kane beats up all the little midgets and the smaller members of the Hardy family, uh, Leah then gives Kane his wedding present. It's a match at Unforgiven against the returning Shawn Michaels. So Leah suddenly turns into fucking Bischoff and she's booking shit around here. But Michael, that is another confirmed match for Unforgiven. Shawn Michaels on the return against uh, Kane, Bloodfield. Well, yeah, that this one is a Bloodfield. Blood Shawn Michaels through. going to be coming back wanting that redemption against the man who put him on the shelf. Up next, Chris Benoit versus The Nature Boy, which again is a main event in any fucking era, especially like WCW. Tell uh, you, WCW is running wild on Raw. <laughs> wild. Uh, Benoit with Flair in the sharpshooter, but here comes Batista for the save. Hits a big Batista bomb onto Benoit as JR over and over and over is trying his best to put over now that Batista's an animal. Triple H has mentioned Batista's an animal. I wonder if Batista's going to be called the animal. I, I reckon they're going to have this nicknames like that, or very similar at least. And so does this mean we may be getting uh, Benoit versus the animal on pay-per-view? Quite possibly. Looks like we're going that way. Quite possibly. Up next, highlight real time. And Chris Jericho with his guest, Edge. Uh, he calls Edge out, but here comes Edge all injured. And he says he's no longer able to compete. Edge offers his hand and says, once they back fit, they'll go again. But all of a sudden, Captain Charisma shows up, beats on Jericho. Edge and Christian, they kind of lock eyes. And it's like, oh, the commentators are even like, oh, is he going to go after Edge? But Edge is kind of like a heel. Um, and Christian goes to work on Jericho. It's been a while since we've seen Christian because of his back injury. Obviously, Tonko's had to be the bodyguard for Trish. Uh, but yeah, Captain Christmas is back. I'm so happy with this. I want to see Christian and Edge as a tag team again. I know we don't get Hell that. Yes. That's what I want to see. An Edge and Christian reunion. I mean, Christian sneaking up behind, that stinks. But then at the same time, I would say it reeks. Reeks of what, Michael? Reeks of awesomeness. <laughs> Up next, Diva's time. Trish and Gail versus Victoria and Nydia. Uh, you use your Diva bollocks. Uh, Gail has Victoria locked up, but here comes the mystery woman stumbling out. Distracts Gail. Victoria rolls her up for the win. And we're still getting Jerry and JR going, who's this? Well, we know it is, but who is it? Gail with some interesting submissions lately. Gail's class. That modified sharpshooter. Yeah, oh, it's brilliant. It was like... um. It was like a bit of a Texas Cloverleaf at the same time, and the legs. Kind of like were... the uh, what Paige used to do, but we out the arm books. Yeah, yeah, the Paige fucking Turner, not the Paige Turner. What the PTO. They call it? That's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Please turn over. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, we see Bischoff. He announces next week on Raw it'll be Randy Orton versus Kane, and then Jr. and Jerry they confirm for Unforgiven it'll be Benoit and Regal going up against the boys. Evolution's own Ric Flair and, and Dave Batista. I did like how Grisham just that started that segment though just said, How how's your foot doing? <laughs> well he was like, Well, I I you drop a fucking sledgehammer on the cons. Showing concern for his manager. Absolutely. Up next, main event time, no DQ, Triple H versus Eugene. Poor Master Eugene is gonna die. Um Hunter, he can't 
I wouldn't say he absolutely batters Eugene, but he batters Eugene. We've seen him batter Eugene worse. Uh, Eugene yeah, we're going to see that in a, in a bit. Yeah, Eugene does get a few spots in. Uh, like, I love him giving the bird before he goes for the stunner. Um, Hunter, he went for a pedigree. Well, he went for, he got a sleeper hold on. He stopped the ref counting. He went for a pedigree. Stopped the count. Out comes Sledgy, but here comes Randall. Uh, big sledge shot to the gut from Randall. Big RKO. Here come Evolution, which they're very late coming out. Like they, yeah. were, late, they were late to react when uh, Orton spat in Triple H's face. They're now late to react coming out to save Triple H from an Orton beatdown with his sledgehammer. Very late of Ric Flair and Batista at the minute. Um, Randy is fighting Evolution off with his sledgehammer. And he goes, oh, one minute, one minute, I've got an idea. He goes and gets Eugene. Drapes him over Hunter. One, two, three. Eugene gets the big upset with an assist from Randall Orton as Raw goes off the air. So Triple H has been beaten in the record books by Eugene. Let that sink in. Eugene has a victory over Triple H now. One on one on Monday Night Raw. Granted with an assist, but look at how many historic matches throughout the years they've won because of an assist. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. And I liked how, even though Eugene won the match, Orton's music started playing. Oh, of course. You gotta, of course. You gotta promote that new theme. He's your world champion and he's a new theme tune, and there's no way that Orton's gonna stand there with bollocks out, giving it So, Michael, before we get into the next SmackDown, are you ready for a little sexy little caption contest? I am ready. So, way, way back when, it, feel, it feels like ages ago, um, it was like the end of September, yeah, <laughs> end of September um, I posted the picture and the caption was Ric Flair delivering quite the stiff looking chop to one Randall Keefe. Um, you can't quite see his left nipple, <laughs> it's kind of covered. Um, so, Mike's going to grab a few of his favourites from the replies on Facebook. I'm going to grab a few of my favourites from the replies on Twitter and then I'm going to leave it up to Mike to decide who wins the caption contest and a big bag of note. Same as what I used to get. Do you know when I were a kid? It's like you'd do a task for your mum or your dad or something. Uh, I'm like, oh, do I get anything free? My dad used to always say, you get a big bag of fucking note. <laughs> That's what you get. So I'll let you kick things off, Michael. Okay. So on Facebook we have Matthew Nicol... <laughs> we always fuck this name up. I think it's Mikhailovich, but I'm wrong. I think I'm wrong. Matthew Mikhailovich. Right here, Randy. Right here is the best spot to do coke off of a hooker's tip. Trust me, <laughs> I would know. Uh, on t- over on Twitter, so at BonzoE92. Mr. Orton, your right nipple appears to have exploded. <laughs> That's very similar to my next one. From Eddie Owens. Damn, I just popped your implant, Randy. <laughs> uh, at GA WrestleNut. That's some nasty sunburn. Let me just rub some lotion in it for you. That was my next one as well. Raymond <laughs> Roos. Hey, bro, you missed a bit of lotion, but rub it just on just for you. <laughs> People are very in sync. Uh, at Gold Philip. Randy, this is for your own good. In the future, there'll be this dude named Walter. And if you want to live, I need to callous you now. <laughs> Back on Facebook, we have TJ Wilkerson. Dang, son, that titty's still hot. <laughs> A bit more sexual on Facebook. Um, at HB from CHI. Uh, or oh, it's from Chi, maybe. Um, here, I believe this is your nipple. <laughs> 
I like that one. <laughs> Chris Birdwell says, now if I apply pressure right here, you will shit your trunks. <laughs> um, at Tim Riggle, does it tickle if I rub your nipple like this? <laughs> Anicia Luther Ferguson says, damn, your fingers are freezing. <laughs> you fucking tell. Uh, and finally, uh, Ashley Clement 8, which is, his name is Ashley Clements. So I think that's a great fucking use of the number eight at the end of his at. Uh, it's not an at, is it? Was it a Twitter handle? I always call it, what's your at? <laughs> he says, now, Randy, I don't want you to take a receipt back on me. 16 years later. Sorry, Rick. Time for a punt. <laughs> so, Michael, you decide then who wins this month's caption contest. Uh, oh, last month, last month even. <laughs> I'm going to go with Matthew Mike. <laughs> Matthew, sorry, we apologise for the Fuck your name, name up. Yeah, we'll just call you version one. <laughs> and re to remind everybody, what did Matthew make, make, make something say? Right here, Randy. Right here is the best spot to do coke off hookers tits. Trust me, I would Cong not. <laughs> so congratulations, version one. Um, you have become the. I don't know, champion of our caption contest. <laughs> Until next time. The reigning and That's it. Sometimes it's a caption contest, sometimes it's a name this tag team because me and Michael have no creative talent whatsoever and we leave it up to you and then we make the jokes about it. Hey, I have come up with a name for Renee Dupree and Ken Suzuki, aren't I? Ren and Ken. <laughs> Ren and Ken. Well, that's usually about how like we kind of go with it, like Scott and Rick, <laughs> Rikishi and Scott Torotti. Keep it simple here, on that. We've been conditioned by Vince's last 10, 15 years of my wrestlers are just names. And that's why yeah. you're just conditioned. Is that I blame Vince, you cunt. So then, moving on, Michael, it's smack of the down. We are the 2nd of September, 2004. We are not live from Sacramento, California. Booker T, he comes out and he's, he lets everybody know, before Michael called it, even though Michael Cole said, I'll let you know next week, that Booker T won over in Australia and he is now 2-1 up in the series. And he's come out looking like a champion. All suited up. Yeah, he always, he always looks like, dresses like he looks like a champion, does Booker. I think that's the kind of the look that they're trying to go with. Oh, if you flip over with Raw with Randy Orton, make mm. it Now you're a champion. You, I know. Obviously, he came out in a suit anyway with Evolution, but they've got. He's, he's giving that bravado in it. I think Jericho does it outstandingly well in a few years' time from our current timeline when he's world champion, cuts his hair, and he's he's just this dickhead in a suit, which is a perfect heel champion. Well, the Regal, a dickhead in a suit, and Booker T, as I agree. He always comes out in, like, gold attire, though, if you look at, like, he's always, like, his trousers or his shirt. I don't know if I'm just getting, like, oh, all my memories confused. Yeah, all my memories confused into one, but I always feel like Booker always goes that one step above when he comes out in street clothes. Mm. It's not just any old fucking suit. It's not your latest T-shirt in a pair of jeans. Well, uh, high 2020. <laughs> Um, Rey Mysterio though he interrupts uh, and Booker he picks a lovely line of pick on someone your own side 
Uh, Ray and Booker, they go at it until Kenzo Suzuki interrupts. And according to Suzuki, which was a great line, Ray Mysterio, you liar. 619, American area code. You not American. Liar, liar, pants on fire. <laughs> RVD, though, he jumps Kenzo from behind, prompting um, R- D- Ray Dupree to attack. Uh, Teddy Long, though, player, player, holla, holla. He comes out, and we're not quite in that tag team era yet, but we're in the six-man tag team era, player, player. Hold on a minute, player. As it's Booker, Kenzo, and Dupree against Ray Ray, RVD, and John Cena. So Booker's got to wrestle in dress shoes now. Yeah, because it's happening, because that's what Teddy Longs loves to do. It's happening right now. And it's not like, no, go to the back, we'll give you 20 minutes, get you sending your gear, come out with your entrance. No, it's happening now because it's a shock factor of a wrestler that's wrestling in non wrestling gear. But did you notice how all the faces all wore blue? Smack of the damn, bro. It's like they knew that they'd be teaming up tonight. <laughs> like, what colour are you wearing? What colour are you wearing? What colour are you wearing? It's like somewhere they read it on a script. Um, Ray, he's about to go for the 619, but Booker takes him out. Uh, everyone then gets involved. Big fucking melee. Um, it ends with RVD plancher onto Suzuki. It leaves Dupree alone to take Mysterio. 619, drop of the dime, 1, 2, 3. Um, a fun little, fun little match. Fun little opener, but... I would I would have preferred to see just Booker vs Ray. Yeah, uh, just something a bit different, or even like Rene Dupree versus Ray. So that's how it breaks down. Like Booker's Ray comes out, Rene's the one that comes out. Or Suzuki versus Ray. Just something a bit different than what we've seen over. Because I feel like RVD, Rene Dupree, John Cena, Booker T, them four. Ray's the new like, one in this mix. Yeah, Ray and Ke- Ray and Kenzo. Because Kenzo's finally like got a bit of direction, to an extent. Because before he was just coming out, berating people and fucking off and having jobber matches against Scotty Tuati and that. He's got a bit of direction now. But yeah, I, I feel like it, what this is doing is, I don't know if it's, if it's just me, but what I'm finding from this is that the mid card on SmackDown is very weak, very thin. Yeah. Very thin, because this is it. And it has been This Is It for the last couple of months. And they've added, as we said, they've added Rey Mysterio, they've added Kenzo Suzuki. We've but the mid, the mid card... Soon. Yeah, but the, the mid card is thin. And Jesus. <laughs> when Jesus stabs Cena. Um, Jesus. Yeah, the, the, <laughs> Jesus. Um, we go backstage. Teddy Long is with Paul Heyman. And he's finding Heidenreich. Um, he doesn't care where the money comes from. Heidenreich's going to go and rape a call. Maybe get the money that way. <laughs> well... And, he says if I don't pay it, Paul's got to pay it, which technically you, is your responsibility, Paul. It's coming from somewhere. That's it. Um, we see Jamie Noble. He confronts Billy Kidman about taking out Charvo. Uh, Kidman tells him, no, it's wrestling. You get hurt. Tough shit. Uh, it's like, it's not, I stopped and thought, how many times, legit, non kayfabe have wrestlers come up to Kidman and said, that shooting star's a bit rough, pal? Because <laughs> this can't be the first What's time. What's probably ever. where it's come from? Yeah but, this, yeah, but this can't be the first time ever that he's knocked somebody out with it. Oh, definitely not. Because he's, like, he's like we mentioned... back out before. Yeah. Like, well, we've mentioned time and time before, like, on WCW, on WWE, back in the Cruiserweight division, WBF even, with the Invasion and all that stuff. Like you said, with X-Pac, um, when he does a shooting star, it's not as graceful as Evan Bourne. He comes down at an angle. So there, are you telling me this is the first it's time more, he's it's more ever like hurt Evan someone? Evan Bourne 2020. 
<laughs> a poor cunt in your fucking debut. Poor bastard. Of all no, times. And no worse. In what would have been a mega spot, because Evans Bourne's shooting star is fucking it's amazing to watch. But oh, it, would be, it would have been a great. It was a perfect botch. Showing old Matthew at Botching Mania sat home thinking, fucking hell, I don't even know if not work. <laughs> and then we get another Carlito promo, but it was the same promo that we got last week, which I thought was quite bizarre. Yeah, it's a bit lazy. Yeah, very much so. It's like, oh, just in case you didn't see it, here's this new guy again. It's like, come on, put a bit of effort into it. Obviously, next week we get a new one and stuff, but just yeah, that's what keeps the week after that. Yeah, just put a bit of effort into it, man. There's uh, plenty next... of different types of people in the Caribbean you can spit apples at. Exactly, not just one person. <laughs> up next, non-title: Billy Kidman, Paul London versus Nunzio and Johnny Stamboli. FBI getting a SmackDown payday. You so, gotta love it. Back, the show backstage, uh, Nunzio telling the ball, if he does shoot the surface, what do you do? play dead <laughs> uh, the champs they send Stamboli to the outside Kidman goes up for the shooting star but again he can't he can't do it it's, it's in his mind now it's, it's a mind fuck he can't do it London's begging him to do it but Kidman climbs down tags out Nunzio surprises London with a backslide for the victory after the match we see why the match was so short because it's all about Kidman he leaves to the back Leaves London in the ring, and here comes Heidenreich. Destroys London, Kills fucking him. whoops him. That mean-looking shoulder breaker, which I think the added effect that doing it on a very small guy like Paul London, you're a big beast like Brock Lesnar 2.0. Um, well, did you notice after he did the shoulder breaker, he started doing the Brock bounce? Because he's fucking, he's Brock Lesnar 0.5. <laughs> <laughs> Wait till time we start fucking tagging with Animal and they make Legion of Doom 0.1. <laughs> that's coming son speaking of speaking of coming absolutely um, speaking of coming Big Show promo he's back in three weeks and he's coming to Smackdown I thought he was on about Heidenreich staring straight at Cole <laughs> hello <laughs> um, we go backstage with Teddy Long um, he's speaking with Brian Ebner telling him to tell Eamon that he's not going to stand for any kind of behaviour uh, and then in a very weird moment of continuity Tori Wilson shows up and shits herself because she's just seen that Big Show's coming back. And yeah. last time she saw Big Show, he tried to f- fucking oik her off a balcony. Understandably, she's upset. Of all the wrestlers, of all the storylines, of all the times in wrestling, to use a bit of continuity, <laughs> this is the time that they decide to use it. Well, we got to keep putting Tori on TV, haven't we? Because boobs. Exactly. Because sex sells. <laughs> absolutely I quite liked how uh, Teddy Long finished the segment but he said to Tori ain't no thing but a chicken wing on a string because Big Show's undergone anger management yeah anger that management that great for Orton didn't it <laughs> only time that's worked out well for anybody is Kane Team and Daniel Elmer. Bryan Team Elmer absolutely we'll get out 100% 100% Dr. fucking Shelby or whatever they called him yep Dr. Brilliant. Shelby Best sort of the, anger management therapist. They were the, the sort of segments that you wanted to tune in to watch to see what happened next. And they, one of the worst years of wrestling. Absolutely. It's fucking genius. And Daniel Bryan helps and Kane's just Kane. Kane's a fucking god. Yeah. Uh, Kane's brilliant. Um, up next, speaking of a god, a wrestling god. Did you like that segue? JBL and Orlando Jordan come out. As JBL joins the announced team for our next match, 
Orlando Jordan versus Charlie Haas, accompanied by his future wife. And we've got JBL on commentary, so get ready for a lot of maggles. <laughs> Maggle! Um, Haas eats the Exploder, only gets a two. He charges, but gets rammed into the exposed turnbuckle. Um, Jordan covers for the victory, um, but as you said, most of the match was focused on Bradshaw on commentary. Um, it was you can see why Bradshaw was used later on as commentary because he does he's so comfortable he's you know with the mic and that some he's a funny guy yeah it just comes to him naturally and it does with Bradshaw and it goes on a bit later like when I kind of start to I, don't, I think I just get a bit fucking conditioned and comfortable with Bradshaw and Cole as the tandem on SmackDown Bradshaw was so knowledgeable about he'd go like, somebody do an armbar and he'd be like oh I'll tell you a story about an armbar Maggle and he'll talk about a 1946 wrestler and stuff and so knowledgeable on his wrestling. JBL, just to be a knobhead, uh, he comes in, clothesline from hell on Haas because it's all about JBL. Uh, well, I then... took his jacket off and rolled his sleeves up first then. Oh, you've got to because you've got to get yourself fucking ready. You don't mess... he's, a, he's a gentleman, is JBL. Um, we see highlights from WWE's Tour of Australia. Whereas we mentioned earlier, Booker went 2-1 up in the series. And up next, Dudley Boys with Spike versus Billy Gunn and Thurman. Michael, I've got you a tag name. Assplug. <laughs> I just love how they both came out to Billy's theme as well. Yeah. All stoic-based Bob Ollie coming out. Jobber. <laughs> from Brock Lesnar in main event of the Rumble to tagging with fucking Mr. Ass and coming out to his theme. In how, less than a year. How the mighty have fallen. Um, Bubba gets the spine buster for two, but Spike clocked Holly with the Cruiserweight title for the victory. Um, it was just, it was a, a match to st- continue the storyline of Spike and the Dudleys just being cunts to beat everybody. And this time the cunts uh, on the receiving end were <laughs> Thurman um Billy. But what a waste! Holly got beat by the cruiserweight champion. <laughs> I don't think anyone explained him, that to him. From losing to Brock to losing to Spike. Yeah. In less than a year. Oh, Furman, we fucking love you. Love you. Uh, we get more from the Caribbean. Uh, a brand new promo. Um, he, he steals a random guy's cell phone and smacks him around uh, for interrupting it. Oh, I loved it. He takes his phone. He goes, hey, got you see him on the phone? <laughs> uh, are you excited for Carlito? Did you like Carlito? I like the gimmick. Oh, did you not like the guy? I never, well, I never really saw him when he was on Raw. I saw him a bit on SmackDown, but it was just a blur. I, 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 so I can't remember, really remember much. I remember he had a weird tandem with Chris Masters at one point. Yeah. I feel like they were in. They were one of them eliminated the other one from a chamber. Call it eliminated masters. Yeah. Up next, Michael. Main event time. Two out of three falls. Angle Guerrero. This one went under the, another one that fell under just like the Rose Iron Man with Benoit and Triple H. This was but I can understand why that went under the radar. But this also for me went under the radar. I had no idea that even though this month feels like it's Eddie versus fucking Kurt forever. Fight forever. Fight forever. <laughs> you can measure it later. <laughs> so the first fall then, um, Eddie sunset flips Angle, pulls down Angle's pants. Uh, Brilliant. Angle, ch- Angle charges, gets an arm drag twice. Uh, Angle though turns the tide by going low. 
Eddie responds by a blatant Lobo to pick up the DQ to end the first fall, which I thought was great psychology. Yes. Because uh, more, by, more by Kurt Angle. Because Angle was being dirty as fuck in the first fall and not getting caught. He was goading, goading, goading Eddie into being a cunt. And Eddie had to when Eddie got caught. I thought it was great, great psychology from Angle. Going, going back to the Iron Man, it's very reminiscent of that. With Brock getting intentionally DQ'd. Yeah, smashing him fuck with the chair. And Angle going made three, Eddie get DQ'd. Yeah, going 3-1 up or something like that. It, exactly the same. Uh, second fall... Eddie misses a charge. Angle hits rolling Germans. Goes for an angle slam. But Eddie reverses it into a roll-up because you know a two out of three falls match. I think they were one on Raw about four years ago. Right, that I think Ziggler versus some fucker won 2 nil, And it fuck, shocked fuck out of me. Because yeah. on a two out of three falls... You remember? You never um, have, you never yeah, have always a one-one. No, I said there was this one match. I think it was Ziggler versus somebody. People tell me if I'm wrong. I probably am. My memory's shot. <laughs> but, yeah, I'm sure he won 2-0. And I was like, what the fuck? No, you don't win 2-0. I'm not fucking two out of three falls. But, yeah, so it's one apiece. Third fall, uh, Angle. He delivers an Angle slam. Puts up the ankle lock. Eddie counters by rolling Angle into the referee. Um, Eddie planches out. But Big Dog's there. Grabs a chair. Eddie takes both guys out with a chair, pretends to be dead as the ref covers, which is one of them great, it's one of them more iconic moments because the ref recovers and we see that Angle's holding the chair, Angle arguing in innocence, which allows the big dog to whack Eddie to get Angle the victory, which, see, my memory is where my memory fucked about with me here because mm. I thought that's where the ref DQs Angle and Eddie wins. Yeah, that's what I thought was good. Yeah, my, my memory fucked up because I remember that scene of Eddie on Eddie whacking Angle with the chair, Eddie on the floor, ref comes to, Angle's got the chair, ref then is Eddie like, what? just posing, just waving at Angle. Yeah, um, uh, uh, but my memory told me that that was the DQ, but <laughs> fucking wrong again. <laughs> yeah, I don't remember Luther hitting him with the chair. He's fucking big dog, mate, he strikes out of nowhere. Michael, I got a little bit of dirty, 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 dirty sheet news for you. Mm. Apparently, Mr. Heidenreich went a bit, a little, little bit crazy backstage and started punching himself. What? <laughs> what? Um, basically, Heidenreich became very upset during his match against Scotty Tuati on the August 29th episode of SmackDown in Bakersfield. Um, basically, Heidenreich was apparently angry at himself for making mistakes during the match. He apparently yelled profanity backstage, threw a massive tantrum and started punching himself in the head. Um, one source who witnessed Heidenreich's tantrum and went as far as saying he was punching himself in the head to the point where then he turned to ram his head into the locker, a la Goldberg, but a very cheap version. What? Apparently, everyone backstage, they tried their best to calm Heidenreich down. Uh, Vince McMahon talked to Heidenreich two days later and lectured him on how he has to be professional when backstage with the company. <laughs> 2004 lost Sullivan itself. <laughs> I could not believe he came back. Oh, I, I could not believe it. That blew me away. But I was like, like we, really? Anyway, moving on then. The Go Home Show before Unforgiven, September 6, 2004, Monday Night Raw. We are from the, I'm going to fucking absolutely butcher this, the K. Yeager Coliseum in Wichita Falls in Texas. I feel like I didn't butcher it in the slightest. Um, Eric Bischoff, he's already in the ring, surrounded by a steel cage. And we found out tonight, it's going to be Triple H versus Eugene. And if anybody, anybody tries to interfere, they will be immediately suspended. 
So Eugene is going to die. Get fucking hammered. Bischoff uh, also makes the massive announcement that Edge's injury is actually legit and he's been stripped from the IC title. Uh, Christian interrupts, and it's so good to see him back. Um, it demands that Bischoff hands over the IC title to him right now, and I couldn't agree more. Yeah, another uh, Christian title in, I'll take it. <laughs> yeah. Chris Jericho interrupts, and he demands that Christian faces him for the IC title tonight. Bischoff says it will happen, but not tonight. This is pay-per-view worthy, baby. And after a bit of back and forth, I was hoping IC title on a poll. We find out Unforgiven, which I'm already calling it, is going to be the match of the night. Christian versus Chris Jericho in a ladder match. Yes. I now, would very much agree with that. At least it's not a no-count-out match. <laughs> Fucking no-count-out match. Up next, eight-man tag, Evolution with the bell ends. <laughs> what a fucking merger. <laughs> Going up against Benoit, Regal, Rhino and Tadges. Um, quite a fun little match to open the show. Oh, well, the first match to open the show, anyway. Um, we, Benoit finishes Conway with diving headbutt sharpshooter combo. Um, yeah, I... Multi-man matches are the thing at the minute in WWE, it seems. Yes, a week of starting with multi-mans. With fucking every, every, but everyone seems to, six, six fucking man, eight man, we'll have a 15 man next week. 20 the man Evolu- week after. Evolution and Bellens and... Uh, well, we had 20 man other week when Randy run, won that Battle Royal. Yeah. That opened. Oh, crap. they love Battle Royals. That, that's just a, mo- I think that's just been a WWE stick for years years and years can we think of a storyline to get a number one contender no but we can do battle a battle royal, royal. That's, that's it no, I'm a big fan of your battle royals like, but sometimes you can get a bit oh, another like the Divas on Raw Just Gone Diva Battle Royal fucking Lana fucking okay. a title shot have you heard though Eva Marie's coming back so we're going to have Eva Marie as your champion on fucking Raw <laughs> Lana's going to champion Smackdown or vice versa a new era for the woman's... Yeah, but even Marie can't come back unless she's all blue. All blue, everything. Because all red, everything on SmackDown just don't work. Yeah. But that could be the gimmick. Well, I she, she got purple there now. I don't know. She's fit. All all purple, everything. It won't last long. Don't if, no, matter how, no matter how hot you are, it won't last long. 100%. I'd like Kelly Kelly to come back, though. She was hot stuff. Anyway... We're fucking digressing far too much into modern day wrestling. I'm giving away my gimmick. I watch modern day wrestling. <laughs> Don't break the gimmick, brother. <laughs> That's it. Uh, Todd Grisham, he interviews Randy Orton, who stumbles through a really bad interview. Um, apparently, he's going to make RKO the most three dominant letters on Raw. I'm sure that's his gimmick that he's still using now. Yeah. It's taking him how long to make these words dominant, letters dominant. They should be dominant by now. We took him that fucking long. And we are still backstage, uh, and we see Trish. She's making fun of Lita and her kid. Uh, she chases Lita off, but then runs into Nidia, who Nidia slaps Trish and throws a drink on her. And that leads to our next match, Trish versus Nidia. Um, Nidia uh, Trish, sorry, gets the win with a chick kick. Um, at least the Divas have got to doing something. Yeah. Uh, obviously, everything's got to revolve around Lita and the kid. Yeah. Because you had, like, you had Victoria last week shouting at Bish, saying it can't happen before Triple H pushes him out. Uh, maybe the week before, pushes her out of the way. Um, now you've got Nidia kind of defending Lita's honour again. Why is everything all about Lita with the women? There's she's pr- that many women that are that talented, they could have their own storylines. Because it's fucking 2004. Because it's 2004. We're allowed two women to have a storyline at a time. 
And if they're having a fate, they're having a tag match. Even though these two can't fate, they're having a storyline. None of them can fate. Some of them can, right? Let's be right. Jazz. All, all jokes aside, Jazz is a beast. Gail Kim's a beast. Trish can go. Lita, if you ignore the botches and the sloppy moonsault, can go. She knows what she's doing. The rest, well, Molly Holly, she can go. Ivory doesn't do none of that anymore. She's now commentating and all that stuff and making, trying to get you to smack down your vote. Um, but the, the rest, the rest, they can't fate. They can't go. So there's not much you can do with these. You can, you've got to have, like, Nidia. We have, I don't think we've seen enough of Nidia yet to judge, but what we've seen is not great. Well, she almost had a wardrobe malfunction. That could be a finisher. The wardrobe malfunction. I'll get you tit out and then roll you up. <laughs> <laughs> um, we go backstage. Uh, Triple H is preparing for Eugene and says this is just a preview of what he's going to do to Randy Orton as it is time for our next match. So, according to Triple H, a young lad with, I want to say, obvious learning difficulties. Yep. Is practice for a former... US Marine, who's also the youngest world champion in company history. Have you not seen Eugene, though? But that's what Triple H is saying. <laughs> Eugene can go. Yes, that's what he's saying. Um, so up next is cage match time. Eugene versus Triple H. Uh, Triple H jumps in from behind, shoves Eugene into the cage. Eugene, though, goes mental and destroys Hunter. Uh, going in the corner, goes for the door. Um, Triple H, though, gets him back. Finally gets the pedigree on. Goes to the door, but then he goes, <laughs> closes the door and comes back into the ring and batters Eugene for the next yep. 30 seconds. Uh, we're, at the t we're now at the top rope. Uh, Triple H drives his knee into Eugene's arm and Eugene is fucked. Like, he's proper selling his arm injury. Eugene is in a knot. So Triple H casually walks out of the cage. After the match, Eugene is trying to crawl towards the door. Triple H makes his return, gets his arm, and it did look gnarly. Slams his injured arm into the cage door, um, and thus ending the ballad of Eugene and Alan. That was just a brutal beatdown in the end. Absolutely murdered him. Ah, because that's the end of the feud. That's it. Ga game over for Eugene. Well, especially with uh, bad arm now. That's it, he's fucked, he's fucked. It's a decent way to write a guy off TV though because it did look nasty, especially when he smashed Cage into it. It did look nasty. It's not like a guy go through a table and then sell a fucking injury for weeks and weeks and weeks. Uh, this this is something Eugene could sell for a good, he could get a good couple of run out, months run out of this. Joe wanting to wrestle and I don't know how they're going to do it. I don't remember. Like My memory on this has absolutely no recollection of what happens going forward with Eugene, so I can't wait to find out. Um, we go backstage and Kane is ordering Lita to accompany him to ringside and tells her about the time he crushed Shawn Michaels' trachea and made him choke in his own blood. I love when Kane talks sexy to his, his wife. Yeah, that was uh, only two months ago. <laughs> feels like it's been about 16 years. It does. It does feel a long time since Michaels. I kind of was getting a bit tiresome of Michaels, but it just feels like Michaels has been away for a long time. Um, Kane, he promises to do the same to Randy Orton this evening. Up next, Chris Jericho versus Tyson Tomko with Christian. <sighs> <laughs> Jericho, he knocks Christian off the apron turns right into dri Tyson's driver uh, for the upset loss which Tyson Tonko getting a victory over fucking Jericho Quick. and then in a, in a great moment uh, Christian and Tonko set up the ladder over Jericho's body for a five second pose Tonko should have been holding that ladder the safety been. first <laughs> but yeah, Tonko getting the clean victory over Jericho, obviously outside shenanigans with Christian but Windsor one, win. two, three, after his big driver finish. What do you reckon to... How many mavens for Tonko's finish? 
better than that fucking shit Big Booty used to. <laughs> it, don't look, it looks a decent move. It's like, remember that old Netbreaker Tess used to do? Yes. Yes. Right See, I, I, I was a fan of Tess's old pump handle slam. That was the finish that you were fucking... Just Tess. If Tess got that on you, oh, I miss him. Just oh, Tess. Miss him so much. All his moves so are great. Much. So much. It won't be long till he's back, but then it also won't be long till he's gone again. Maybe they'll be back, but and maybe gone again. He'll be gone. Michael, diva bollocks time. Stacey's still your MC because even Coach can't give a fuck anymore. Like last week, he had a reason he was fainting. This week, nah, Stacey, crack on, love. You're the fittest one out there. You'll get on well, with it. He's managing Belen's now, isn't he? Well, so he's, well, that's it. He's had to give up his uh, announcer's license. He's had to give up his announcer's license, and he's now <laughs> he's now mani- he's now got uh, a manager's license. Gone from the bollocks to the bellends. Oh dear, oh dear, oh dear. Um, so tonight's contest is a good old-fashioned arm wrestling contest, with the winner being able to cover the remaining competitors in what looks like a tub of cold chili. I think because it's we're just, in uh, Texas, baby. In it, Godwin's old slops from warehouse. Yeah, and a bit, of, a bit of scram from canteen, <laughs> just all it's mixed Godwin's together. Shit. Up first, it's Christy versus Amy, and Christy destroys her quick time. Next up, Joy versus Carmella. Carmella wins quite comfortably, so it comes down to Carmella, not that one, versus Christy TNA. And Christy fucking hammers her. Like, Christy's yes. strong as fuck. Um, Beast, Christy, Amy. And then she goes to throw chilli on everybody. Did you notice, though, that not one of them had it poured over their head? Yeah. But they right, no, didn't really no, take it on the tits, I noticed. I would have ate that, no danger. Even if it were cold, give me a bit of garlic bread and we're in. Oh, no, to be fair, great bit of cheese on the top of it, bit of garlic bread and we're in. Ah, no, that's <laughs> um, Stacey, though, she lines them up for tonight's elimination and this week's victim is Amy. Uh, she's got to be thinking, they could have fucking eliminated me before the chilli. Yeah. <laughs> you know that's a bit fucking, of a... The wankers. Bit of a kick in teeth, that. But yeah, Amy, obviously, we, 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 we'll see her again. Let's see. We'll see. We will see. She's not gone forever, unlike some, like Thwaiti. We will see her again. Uh, we see a promo, Michael. Shelton Benjamin is on his way back. Like, I didn't realise fucking he was he, gone. He'd gone. <laughs> I just thought they weren't booking him at minute. I didn't realise he'd actually gone, gone. And they're doing it. He's gone enough where he's coming back. Yeah, I did. I'm sure we saw him a couple of weeks ago. Does this mean he's coming back because he's getting rid of the singlet and just going with the pants? He, I think he does, yeah. And that's the, blue the return, and isn't pants. it? Yeah, the blue and gold pants. That's that's the return. Because of what comes uh, next month. Yeah. Uh, with Taboo Tuesday. That's the one. Um, next week is the return of Brawl for All. As your remaining divas, they're going to have a fucking boxing. Michael, this is going to be amazing. <laughs> amazing. They're going to have a boxing match. One of them's going to knock fuck out of Carmella. <laughs> I just want to see play, that, to be honest. Play, playmate of the year, we are Brock and Nose, I don't think so. It's going to be fucking brilliant. Uh, <laughs> up next, Randy Orton versus Kane with his wife. Um, Orton, give over, it's in that mid-card flying crossbody. You're, you're world champion now, son. Get that yeah. out of the repertoire. It don't even um, work because he's a big boot after. Yeah, Kane just shrugs it off, grabs a chair. Later, though, she won't let him use it. 
Orton gets up and delivers a low blow for disqualification. But it's a reverse, dusty finish reverse. As actually, Bischoff and Triple H both come out. It's like Triple H's idea to begin with. Bischoff cuts him off. And he's like, I know what you're going to say. And I like the idea. This match continues in a cage. So, two cage matches to be fair, on, a mon on Monday Night Raw. It's only fair, to be honest. Alan was in a cage match earlier. And he's got the injured ribs because he's got the tape around his belly. And that's what Orton's going to get whooped by Kane. Because he's not got any tape around his belly. Time for the cage. So the, the match breaks down. Orton goes up top. Kane catches him. Throws him halfway across the ring. Orton grabs a chair. Smacks Kane into next week. This gives him enough time to hit the RKO and escape the ring. But after the match, the boys, they're out. They throw Orton back in the ring. And Orton, though, fends everybody off with the chair, climbs out of the cage to escape a big beatdown. So Orton's losing on Sunday then, yeah? You'd, you'd think so, yeah. Don't spoiler it. I, 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 half of me tells me he loses because he only defends it once and loses. But other half tells me he wins, so don't spoil it. I'm, I'm not spoiling it. I, I know he loses. <laughs> I know he loses. But that was Monday Night Raw then, Michael. Amy Mavens. Amy Mavens for the go-home. I love the escape out of cage at the end. Everyone coming through, but he's just that that quicker, that much quicker. He can get away, slither away like a fucking biker or something. Which means he's going to lose on Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> so overall, then, how many mavens for the Go Home Show and how many mavens in total for Monday Night Raw? So I'll give that one a two and a half. Ah, see, I'm giving that one a three. Quite enjoyed it. Quite, I thought I quite enjoyed the eight man to begin with. I quite enjoyed the. I quite enjoyed the fact we had two cage matches. Um, Triple H was there. We had Diva Bollocks, um, and I'm quite enjoying. And I don't even know how it's done this to me, but I can't wait for the next week's Diva Bollocks. <laughs> Diva Bollocks has got me excited about Monday Night Raw. The Rock helps in a the massive Rock way. A massive help. In a massive help. But I'm excited about Diva. Bollocks. I think more because Carmella's a cunt. I just want to see you get yeah. humiliated or something. Are you ready then for the final smack of the down of the unicycle to Unforgiven 2004? Holla, holla, holla. We are not live from the Tulsa Convention Center in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Was Tulsa not the place where Chandler had to fuck off to work doing friends? It was, yes. I thought it was. And then he uh, got caught watching shark porn. <laughs> and smoking. <laughs> uh, Teddy Long is out to announce that because the big dog interfered last week, Kurt Angle and Eddie Guerrero will meet once again this evening, this time in a lumberjack match. But Angle still won them. Angle Fuck still yeah. won the match. Fuck yeah, we're getting so much Eddie versus... This is the month of Eddie versus Angle. It's fucking brilliant. It's like, well, this is the only program we're going to have, so fuck it. Let's milk it. Absolutely. Opening contest, non-title, JBL versus Charlie Haas. Now, one thing we forgot to mention last week uh, with the Orlando Jordan versus Charlie Haas SmackDown match was Bradshaw was claiming on commentary that if Charlie Haas would, would have won, uh, he would have offered him a WWE title opportunity. So he lost, so he's offering him an opportunity to wrestle with greatness. Instead, non-title. Um, Orlando, he's after a piece of Miss Jackie, which distracts Haas. Uh, Bradshaw, he jumps on Haas from behind for the victory. Um, it was... A basic match. It was. I quite like the continuity because of what happened last week mm. uh, with him saying on commentary I'd face him and stuff. Uh, but yeah, it's just, it was just a bit of fun for Bradshaw and Orlando to fuck about with a mid card. Uh, yeah, and OJ to stalk another victim. 
Absolutely. Uh, after the match, JBL, he praises the US Olympic team minus the men's basketball team. Uh, they must have done shit at the Olympics. Uh, and says the Undertaker, he won't get another shot at WWE title. Instead, JBL will give him a funeral because Undertaker's career is dead. Uh, JBL, he reverses out a hearse, which prompts Holla Holla Player Player to come out. And he says, Undertaker will get another title shot. At no mercy, JBL, you will go one-on-one -on -one with The Undertaker in a last ride match. With the, which sounds like the stipulation is you have to beat your opponent and throw him in the hearse and the hearse drive away. Very similar to your ambulance. It's matches. an ambulance match, but it's Taker's gimmick. Love it. Absolutely. No submissions, it. no pinfalls, just a lonely hearse. Absolutely. Um, up next, we get a recap of Kidman second-guessing himself last week and the effect on Paul London's shoulder. As it is time for your tag titles, I knew it were coming soon. It's Billy Kidman, Paul London, defending against, spoiler alert, your new tag team champions, Ren and Ken. Michael, Fifi watch. Well, I thought Hiroko was just going to hold Fifi through the match. She shouldn't do fuck all else. <laughs> she, might, she might as well have just gone to fucking back with Dog. Not just stand there. <laughs> and then fuck said. off. Uh, Paul London, uh, he clears the ring. Uh, Kidman, he sets up for the shooting star on Suzuki, but he still can't do it. Instead, he tags London, but this time he walks away. Uh, Dupree, he nails London with a Minoku, Minoku driver. Uh, Suzuki finishes him with the STF claw. Uh, winners, as I said, your new tag champions, Ren and Ken. After the match, Suzuki, Hiroki... And Renee, they all do the French tickle. And Taz fucking wets himself. Why are heels acting like baby faces? Almost happy tears hugging each other. Like because this is Mr. America. It's Suzuki. And it's a face heel thing with his sort of... It's a bit weird because I, I laugh at Kenzo Suzuki, so I don't see him as a, uh, a heel. I see him as a, a funny R-Truth-esque gimmicky face. Yes, yeah. R-Truth and Corbin rolled into one. It could be the turn. Rene Dupree could be the, the next up-and-coming face to obliterate the mid-card on SmackDown. You never know. Spoiler alert, it done happen. Rene, Rene, Red vs. Jesus. <laughs> oh, fucking yes. <laughs> yes. Red vs. With the knife on a pole. Uh, we see the, the paramedics that help in London to the training room. London sees Kidman, though, getting dressed and he wants an answer, but Billy just walks out on him. Is this the end? Is this the end of SmackDown's tag. hottest new tag team? TTD. <laughs> Is this the tag end? team dissension. <laughs> we fucking love it. Uh, Teddy Long, we see him running into Booker, who's ready to go out and train for next week. Instead, though, holla holla, player, player, Booker, you're going one-on-one -on -one as a lumberjack. With all the other lumberjacks for tonight's Angle versus Guerrero match. Just let the cunt go home and train. He's got a big match coming up. Yeah. He's 2 1 in the series. And he tells him to go get changed. Just what, what's wrong with what he's wearing? Because you're a lumberjack, son, in that ring here, pronto. Up next, it's Spike Dudley versus Rey Mysterio. Uh, Rey sets up for the 619, but Bubba breaks it up. And the Dudleys, they're about to take Rey out, but Hardcore Holly and Rob Van Dam make the save. Little Nate restarts the match. Holla, holla, player, player. It's the six man. So Billy Gunn's not good enough yet. Well, why not Billy when you've got thermal thermon here? I'm thinking more RVD. Does <laughs> RVD suddenly pop up because he's race pal? Race pal, isn't it? Race and pal. That should have been Bob got Billy. beat by the cruiserweight champ last week. Yeah, but where's Billy where's Billy Gunn's redemption? It's like you lost, 
You saw it. <laughs> uh, the match breaks down and we get a hot tag to Furman. Fucking, I never thought I'd ever say that. Uh, Furman, it runs wild through the Dudleys, but Spike, of all people, delivers a spear. Spike <laughs> to Furman. Speared him. Ooh, uh. Uh, RVD, it's Devon with the five star. Spike and Holly wind up together. Holly nails him with an Alabama slam. Ray finishes with a springboard leg drop. Great match. You got a lot of fun. But Holly, Holly could have got the win with the Alabama. We could have gone 6 yeah. 6-1-9 into the Alabama. I was more surprised the how hot that tag was that he'd got. Oh, it was hot. Thermal, thermal. <laughs> thermal, thermal. It was hot. That's his new gimmick. That needs to be his new gimmick. What, come out with a water bottle? <laughs> no, the thermos. Oh, yeah, and it needs to be on heat. <laughs> Fuck's sake. Uh, we see Josh Matthews. He asks Kurt Angle if he'll use the same controversial tactics that he did last week. Angle tells Matthews to check the record book because a win's a fucking win. And then we yeah, see... beat Eddie 2-1. That's it. And then we see John Cena and he's on about getting all seriousness for the US title. And, Michael, we find out that the deadline to join Tough Enough has been extended due to overwhelming demand. Now, <coughs> forgive me if I'm wrong. Usually, the extended deadline due to, like, poor ticket sales. Yeah. Or, like, lack of anybody giving a fuck. Yeah. So, Not. too many people want to be a part of it. Too many people want to be a part of it. So, if you also want to be part of it, along with too many people, the deadline has been extended. We then see another promo for Carlito, Caribbean cool, as he lets us know that he loves the beach, but he hates kids. So, is he a babyface or is he a bastard? Well, I think he's a, a bastard because being be a bastard, that's pretty cool. <laughs> it's pretty cool. And then we see Paul Heyman, he tells Long that he's sick of paying fines for Heidenreich. So he gives Heidenreich the night off. Uh, Long says, since Heyman's man has the night off, Heyman will have to face an announcer. Uh, Long assures him, though, that it's not Taz, so Heyman thinks it's Michael Cole. Then Michael Cole goes wild, shoots on Heyman. Come on then, motherfucker, bring it! i fucking smash your face in! They want to kill each other. It's fucking brilliant. But no, it's not Michael Cole. It's SmackDown's number one announcer. And do you know what the thing is? Out of all the announcers, I was thinking it was going to be Josh Matthews. Yeah. I, I thought the exact same thing. I did not think of Funaki whatsoever. Start, co-star of Tough Enough 1. Yeah, I honestly thought it was going to be Matthews who come out and kick the fuck out of him and, and it'd be the breakout for Matthews' WWE career as a, as a wrestler. But nope, it's Funaki. But wait... He batters Heyman for a second before Heidenreich, 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 Heidi-ho Heidenreich. He comes out, batters Fanaki, Heyman, Heyman covers, counts the pin himself, because fucking why not? Um, yeah. And then Heyman, he bitch slaps Michael Cole, which was brilliant. Cole goes for Heyman, but Heidenreich gets out the ring, and Michael Cole fucking shits a brick, and he runs off shield-style for the crowd. Um, Michael Cole, he cautiously returns to the announce booth. He's like, is he gone? But is, it, is he fucked up? <laughs> yeah, he's gone. He's gone. As what, it is, is it still here? As it is gone. time for our main event, it is Lumberjill match. Kurt Angle versus Eddie Guerrero. Uh, the Lumberjills are everyone that you've seen tonight, plus a few more jobbers. The big dog, he immediately inserts himself into the match by grabbing Eddie's ankle. Ooh, ah. Eddie gets a dropkick off a press. Angle rolls out the ring. The Dudleys, though, they keep Angle safe and then roll him back into the ring. Triple, triple verticals. Eddie goes up, but Angle's distracted the ref long enough for the big dog to crotch Eddie and hit the fucking big dog. Uh, Angle suplexes. 
two count, very close. Angle slam, two count, very close. Eddie reverses a roll up, one, two, no, fucking as close as you could possibly get. Um, Eddie goes for the ankle lock on Angle, but Lufa is had enough. This triggers a huge brawl. All the lumberjacks get involved. Everyone starts smashing fuck out of each other. Um, well, well, it's the big show. As Big Show makes his return, and what's that haircut? Oh my God, what's that haircut? It um, looks like Husky Harris. Uh, <laughs> Is he yeah. in the Barrio Bushroom? Yeah, I. But yeah, Big Show. You could have got an haircut, mate, before you returned. Like, he's like, yeah. he must have had it cut, right, a couple of times in, in the months that he's been off TV. So, honestly, just thought, fuck it, I'm just going to let the cunt grow out. But it's not grown out long enough for them when they've made the call and said, right, Paul, it's become time to come back on TV. And he's looking like a rounder version at 99, big show. He's not been the greatest, has it, at, at this era of dropping it and managed to keep it dropped. Not yet. Because, like, Big Show 2020, man, man's a beast. Man's perfected the art of losing it and keeping it off when you're that big. Because I imagine it's not fucking easy in the slightest. And a kick out. Look at Eddie Charles. Beautiful. And Eddie into the ankle lock. Right into the ankle lock. And the triangle's on. Submission move. Is, is Kirk going to tap? I don't know. Look at Luther Reigns. Oh, this Cena. And now John Cena. Show's back. Are you excited? I, I thought I was back in the day, <laughs> but he was very slow. Well, he batters everyone, heels faces, big dog angle. They all get some um, as SmackDown goes off the air. So, Michael, that was Smack of the Down. How many Mavens for this episode, and how many Mavens overall? And finally, who won? Uh, so, I do give this one two and a half as well. I agree. Raw wins. I agree. I couldn't agree more. Raw wins the build. Don't get me wrong. 
as always, the pay-per-view that's building up always seems to win. But I did quite enjoy Eddie Guerrero versus Angle 55 times over the last month. Yes. Did, and I will forever and a day enjoy that. But on that note, Michael, it's been one hell of a long episode. We apologise and we thank you if you've listened all the way through. Uh, Michael, let them know where they can find us on all forms of social media. So on all forms of social media, that's Twitter, YouTube, Facebook, all that jazz. It's at our era podcast. That is it. And until next time, it'll be time for Unforgiven 2004. Randy Orton, world title on a pole. I've been Dave. That's been Big Sexy. Until Unforgiven. Holla, holla, holla. Player, player, player. Six man. You're a burping gutter slut. Ruthless aggression. It's my life, my time, my rights, my rhymes, my rhyme, my struggle, hustle, sweat, and my blood too. I'm playing the spell sphere. I smell a lot. My competitors flex here. When it's not, I was hot. I want it all. Excess, the sex, much success, stress us. I want it all, no less. So come on. 